0: Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.
1: Find your new ride at Kia McComb's all-new location at the corner of I-55 and Highway 98. Come find out why McComb loves Kia McComb at the corner of I-55 and Highway 98.
2: Right on the corner, right on the price. Howdy, howdy, it's Rhino here, and I wanted to say thank you for listening to Middays with Gerard Gibbert here on Super Talk Mississippi.
0: Welcome to Real Talk. For real Mississippians, let, 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 let's do this. Three, two, one. Welcome to the JT Show with Gerard Gibbert on Supertalk Mississippi, the Supertalk app, and at Supertalk.fm. And now, here's Gerard Gibbert.
3: Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the JT Show, Super Talk Mississippi. Gerard Gibbert, Rhino in the studio on this. Friday, y'all. It is Friday, y'all, as Rhino says,
2: all dead gum day long. And it's sunshiny for the majority of the Magnolia State today.
3: Beautiful. Totally different weather situation than yesterday, for sure. And though we were mostly
2: spared here in Mississippi. It was a lot like last week, where the the line was right there on the border between Mississippi and Alabama for where it could get rough, and uh, it seemed to miss us, but it got rough in Alabama again. Man, Alabama.
3: What's going on there? Especially that western, northwestern kind of area, region, Tuscaloosa, etc. Five dead, I think, in Alabama. Yeah. And more on the way this Sunday, I believe, and we're going to get an update at 1020 from the National Weather Service. Yeah,
2: coming up here in a few minutes.
3: And then at 11, we've got Representative Charles Busby. He's from District 111, that's down there in Jackson County, he's the chair of the Transportation Committee. We'll get an update on the latest from the legislature heading into conference weekend. Little different legislative session this year than last. Was uh, as it looks like it might sunny die uh, around the normal appointed scheduled time, and uh, won't have the situation that just extends on for the marathon session that we endured last year. Anywho, should be an interesting talk with Representative Busby. Did uh, did folks out there? Did you go back and? <laughs> Spend your afternoon after the show here, catching Joe Biden's presser. It was truly a thing to behold. I watched most of it, went and replayed it, but mainly focused on the high points. First thing that caught my eye that has become a story, and, and to some. This is perfectly fine, and to others it's problematic. And that is the cheat sheets that the president brought to, let's say, the test. <laughs> 64 days, I believe, from the time he was seated in the White House till conducting a, a press conference. It is notable that he did not, he omitted taking a question from Fox News is Peter Doocy.
2: I saw that coming.
3: Yeah. And Doocy has reported in an interview on Fox that he had a notebook full of questions (laughs) he was ready to ask Biden and never had that opportunity. And I'm a little surprised simply because hasn't Joe Biden said before he really liked Peter Doocy? You know, he said he liked him but he didn't give him a chance to ask any dead gum questions. The White House Chief of Staff, his name escapes me, he's tweeted his discontent with the press conference yesterday over the fact that there were no questions about COVID and the pandemic in general. Because, of course, it is their opinion Certainly from the White House, you know, the Biden Harris administration, that he's just conquering COVID. I'm still trying to figure out what in the world he's doing or done. A lot of the data he shared with respect to vaccinations is not accurate.
2: Is it just me? Does it seem like he keeps moving his his goalposts on the. On the number of vaccines he wants. Constantly. He keeps moving it back, but never as far as the medical field is saying we're gonna to get to. Yeah, he has, in fact, constantly
3: moved the goalpost. And in this particular case on vaccinations, the majority of his data points were inaccurate. And he got he's got called out on it. Not by the, of course, the fawning mainstream media. And they described his press conference as humane. He's so caring. Um, I think we've got some sound for you, one in particular to kind of give you a feel for Joe Biden's command of the proceedings. And we've got uh, this was early on in the remarks.
4: So the best way to get something done, if you, if it holds near and dear to you that you uh, um, like to be able to, anyway, uh, I, we're going to get a lot done. And if we have to, if there's complete lockdown and chaos as a consequence of the filibuster, then we'll have to go beyond what I'm talking about. Okay, um, hang on. Uh, Sorry. Oh, me, Ms. Kim.
3: Hang on. Sorry. Hmm. That's, that's it's sad. It truly is. It's disturbing. It was a stark example and a demonstration of what we have in the leader is incompetence and fecklessness, and it is disturbing. And if you hadn't seen that, that clip, folks, only a minute and a half or so, it's just clear he's bumbling, stumbling, unsure, not in command. Can't even fake it. He, he talked about he was kind of taking a victory lap on the whole vaccination situation. And he said he beat his goal by 42 days. (laughs) And he's manipulating the data. And journalists are just disinterested, it appears, in calling him out on that. But between December 14th and January 20th, December 14th, when the vaccines were first starting to be administered, and January 20th, when he was inaugurated and took office. There were 21.7 million doses given. So he already had this initial infrastructure in place. The vaccine was being produced, delivered, distributed. The heavy lifting had already been accomplished by President Trump. So if you look at the math, to get to that 100-day goal of 100 uh, million doses... He already was had twenty one point seven in the bank. He only needed to administer seventy eight point three. That's seven seven hundred eighty three thousand a day. You can do the quick math there. Well, once he got into office, we were already at a one point five million dollar million million per day run rate. He's done nothing. So he he, now he's got an ambitious goal, as you said, Rhino of achieving 200 million shots in 100 days. And he says I'm I'm making today I'm making a second goal. By my 100th day in office we will have administered 200 million shots. I know that's ambitious twice our original goal. Let's do the math here though. He he, he only needed to he only needs to do 1.78 million doses per day assuming a static rate we're already there. We're we're in excess of 2 million, I think, now. What has he done? But yet, he absolutely insisted, as did his surrogates and his supporters, we've got to elect this guy to shut down this virus and get this vaccine out. It was already done. And the timing of it is such that, in the transition, he's taking credit for it. It is a little surprising that the, the press didn't ask him this qu- questions about this, even his friendly press, so as to allow him to further praise himself and take that victory lap. But that's what the White House is all upset about. So, by the way, I'm just looking. The seven-day average, the last seven days, $2.2 million a day. What hand did he have in that? I don't think any. When
2: you constantly reward mediocrity, eventually you start assuming that you're responsible for all the good things.
3: That's a good point. And that's exactly what's going on here. Exactly what's going on. We got more on Biden's uh, presser yesterday. But when we come back, we've got the National Weather Service going to check in with us, give us an update. Stay with us on the JT Show, Super Talk Mississippi.
0: Napa
8: Know How The only thing that may be faster than Napa driver Chase Elliott is the free Napa Racing Chase Elliott Caps. Get one free at a participating Napa Auto Parts store when you spend $25 or more. Score a free 28-cam backpack cooler with the purchase of 5 quarts of Mobile One motor oil. Napa has Mobile One high mileage, truck and SUV, and full synthetic on sale for $26.99 for a 5-quart jug. Sale price good through March 31st, and supplies of Chase Elliott Caps are limited. Napa
0: Know How
10: This is Ben Shapiro reminding you to listen to the Ben Shapiro Show weekday nights, starting at 9 p.m. here on 97.3 Super Talk Jackson. Yeah!
9: Properly
11: set all controls before recording. All systems go. Now, now, now. Back
0: to the JT Show with Gerard Gibbert and Rhino on Super Talk Mississippi.
11: Mississippi.
6: This
5: town been long time coming been long hard
3: Welcome back everyone. The JT show continues on this Friday, y'all. And joining us now on the line, Mr Alan Campbell. He's a meteorologist with the National Weather Service. Morning, Alan. Good morning. How are you doing today? Doing fantastic. All right, give us a brief update on what happened yesterday. It, we were certainly braced for much worse weather, at least in Mississippi. It looks like it kind of skipped over us, headed into Alabama, and did quite a bit of damage over there.
12: Yeah, it sure did. Uh, it looks like uh, really everything was kind of about 50 to fifty to 70 miles displaced kind of off to the, to the east. Uh, basically, you know, some... Uh, some things happened in the atmosphere, kind of caused things to, to shift around a little bit, and, and like I said, just that 50 to 70 mile displacement of a few features, you know, took, uh, Took what could have happened here across the Magnolia State and, and uh, you know, displaced it to the a little further to the east over into Alabama. So, we we really dodged a big bullet yesterday. And, uh, you know, it uh, unfortunately, you know, this is this is the start of our spring severe weather season. You know, we, we hope that uh, you know if we're going to have these issues, we we get it out of the way quick so that way the rest of the spring and summer can be pretty quiet. So, but uh, we we certainly did dodge a bullet yesterday.
3: Yeah. And there was a little bit of flooding, was there not, uh, Alan, over in the eastern, east central part of the state, around Lauderdale County, Meridian area?
12: Yeah, we did hear about some flooding over there. I know that uh, we did receive reports of a uh, a private pond, I believe it was, that uh, uh, the the dam breached on it, which uh, yeah. Put about five feet of water, I believe, on Highway 19, as well as some flooding there at uh, uh, Bonita Lakes uh, Park there. So,
13: uh, yeah,
12: it, it uh, you know with, with that much moisture we've got in the atmosphere and everything, those storms that popped up yesterday were very efficient rain producers.
3: Wow. But it headed on into Alabama. It just seems like, of late, that's kind of been the pattern.
12: Yeah, yeah. Uh, like I said, you know, uh, you know, just these, these subtle little nuances and things like that that happen uh, in the atmosphere can, you know, essentially make or break uh, any type of severe weather setup or, or, again, like I talked about earlier, displace it a little further to the east, a little further to the west and things like that. So yeah. it's, uh, Mother Nature is a finicky beast, that's for sure.
3: It certainly is. All right, so what have we got coming up this weekend here in Mississippi?
12: Okay. Well unfortunately, you know, we do have a, a a few more bouts of severe weather, potentially severe weather to have to to, to deal with or uh it, it. You know, fortunately, you know it doesn't look uh, uh, like what happened over into to, to Alabama and into mm-hmm. Georgia uh, yesterday. But uh, what's going to happen tonight? We're going to have a warm front to lift back to the north across the area. It's going to be pretty pretty warm out there today. A lot of uh, high temperatures getting up to near eighty, if mm. not some places uh, in the lower eighties. But uh, you know, tomorrow is going to be about the same, a little more humid. Uh, that boundary is going to stall to the north uh, uh, across North Mississippi to where we'll have uh, the potential to maybe see some. Uh, isolated severe storms late tonight into early tomorrow morning, basically along and north of the uh, Highway 82 corridor. Uh, the biggest threat with those storms are going to be damaging wind gusts as well as large hail. And then as we actually begin to have the next cold front push through here through the course of the day, uh, looks like Saturday and into Sunday, uh, we're going to take that potential for severe weather and kind of shift it more uh, uh, Across uh, uh, a good chunk of the state, uh, but predominantly uh, off to the east as we move into Sunday. And again, during that time, hail, damaging winds will be possible. But we can't rule out maybe an isolated tornado uh, during that time as well. But but again, you know, it, it doesn't look like as uh, significant of a, a severe weather setup as as what we saw across the southeast uh, yesterday, and then again last week.
3: So have we got the jet stream kind of draped on top of us, uh, paralleling the coastline, so to speak, right now?
12: Yeah, we do. And typically when we when we see that uh, we see a lot more uh, dynamics a lot more wind shear and things like that in the atmosphere that yeah. uh, uh, you know cause gives us these these increased potential for for severe uh, for severe weather and plus spring is is always one of those transition months to where we're we're replacing the cold air that was over yeah. in the winter time with the warmer air during the spring so you know when you get those clashes of air masses like that it's just you know no pun intended kind of a perfect storm setup yeah, exactly. for severe weather so
3: what what's kind of Considered sort of prime tornado season now, say for Mississippi?
12: Uh- April. Uh, April, we we yeah we we hands down and, and really you know it's not just Mississippi it's all across the the Southeast United States. Okay. April is the peak month uh, for tornadoes here uh, across the Southeast. So, uh, you know that's why I said you know unfortunately we we still got April to go. Yeah. Uh, but typically once we get April behind us by by the time we get about the the second week into the month of of May, the severe weather potential it's still there but it, it you know begins to to lessen significantly.
3: Yeah. Got it. Alan, appreciate you joining us uh, this morning, giving us an update. Sure do.
12: All right, no problem. Anytime.
3: You bet. Thank you. Alan Campbell, National Weather Service, appreciate Alan calling in. I you know, I'm about ready to be done with this severe weather. Uh it ain't it ain't no fun. We need uh need a break from all that stuff. So, in spite of the fact you heard hopefully in the last segment the little short clip we played, which really, once again, portrays Biden in in a, a, a continuing pattern of just stumbling and bumbling and pausing for extended lengths of time and, and just seemingly lost in the moment, like, where am I? What's next? What am I supposed to do? Here's a brief snippet to refresh your memory.
4: So the best way to get something done, if, you, if it holds near and dear to you that you uh, um, like to be able to... Anyway,
14: uh, hmm,
3: uh, you almost want to say maybe you need to go lay down for a minute or something and compose yourself.
2: I mean, I, I'm not—I don't say that to be cruel. He had how long to prepare for this? They announced it what, ten, eleven, twelve days ago? Yeah.
3: Now, all right, so folks, you've heard it. Now, if you were to make... Now, that's just a snippet. I, I understand. There's, there's much more. and we, We've got some other clips we'll play as well. But that certainly doesn't exude confidence. It doesn't make you feel good about the leader of your country. doesn't make you feel like this guy's in charge. He's decisive. He's in command. He... He's really got control of the room and the conditions and the circumstances. That doesn't exactly project that. However, not that anyone is likely in our audience surprised, the media is fawning all over him. They just won't be honest. And their job is to be honest and objective. What's funny?
2: They're, they're phoning all over him to the point where they're attacking each other for being too mean to him. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> because they're, oh, I'm sorry, I have a follow-up, and, and, and grilling him <laughs> on questions and expecting him to have answers because he's the president of the freaking United States. <laughs> the New York Post has a great article. I don't know how they were able
3: to shoot the photo, honestly, of him holding his cheat sheets. He's not only got cheat sheets where he's got every question and all the White House talking points expected to be delivered as a response, but did you notice he's got... It's
2: also a face page. It's got the layout of the seats of the journalists (laughs) with pictures of them so you can, all right, that's that's them, with handwritten numbers next to it for the order to go in.
3: It's a seating chart. (laughs) <laughs> like a teacher on the first day of school, if you think about it. Who's sitting in what seats? It's not like these are new people. You know, had he been doing this for the last two months and engaging with the press, maybe he wouldn't be so dead gum lost and need all these cheat sheets. This is a concern. But there was a point at which in, <laughs> in the, um, the questions... He was asked about voting rights. We got that one, Rhino? He was asked specifically about reform to the voting process in this country and voting rights. We've talked before about H.R. 1, which would seek to federalize the elections process in this country. But here he is responding to a question and asserting his position on voting in this country
4: educating the american public the republican voters i know find this despicable republican voters the folks out in the outside this white house i'm not talking about the the elected officials i'm talking about voters voters and so i'm convinced will be able to stop this because it is the most pernicious thing this makes jim crow look like jim eagle i mean this is gigantic what they're trying to do and it cannot be sustained i I've do everything in my power along with my friends in the house and the senate to keep that from uh, from becoming the law
15: is there anything else you can do about it besides passing legislation
3: when the heck is Jim Eagle? <laughs> Where did he come up with that goofy analogy?
2: Wasn't that the hero from the Angry Birds movie? <laughs> it's,
3: terrible. Jim Eagle. Oh, it was a metaphor. <laughs> we'll come back after a break. Stay with us on the JT Show.
14: Hartley Equipment in Gluckstadt is your one-stop shop for all your outdoor needs. Right now, Hartley has XMark and Skag zero-turn mowers marked way, way down, and they're offering zero percent interest financing. Hartley carries a full lineup of Steel and Echo products too. Come by and see TJ or Scott and let them help you upgrade your lawn equipment. Hartley also has you covered for all your landscape supply needs, including sod, longleaf pine straw, mulch, bulk soils, rock, and much more. Is your lawn? In need of a grass makeover? Give Hartley a call and talk to Tyler or Matthew about all the different varieties of sod they have to offer, including Bermuda, Centipede, Zoysia, and St. Augustine. Hartley's rental department also has the perfect machine to help with all that yard work too. Mini excavators, skid steers, tractors, zero turns, tillers, and more available for rent. Check them out on Facebook and Instagram to keep up with all the latest specials Hartley has to offer.
6: This is owner Cameron Hartley reminding you that when it comes to your lawn equipment
11: needs, shop smartly, shop Hartley. Absolutely. Hi, I'm Dr. Will Umflett with Capital Dental,
9: where we create a comfortable environment for our patients. Capital Dental offers general and family
3: dentistry and teeth whitening. Book your appointment today at CapitalDentalInc.com. Capital Dental, located in Northeast Jackson on Lakeland Drive.
15: Garden Mama here for Lakeland Yard and Garden. Now is the time to get yourself to Lakeland Yard and Garden for the largest selection of patio furniture, outdoor indoor living areas, umbrellas, replacement cushions, and beautiful fountains and stepping stones. You'll even find Komodo Joe grills and collegiate gift items. The expert staff members at Lakeland Yard and Garden will be happy to guide you through their large nursery stock of bedding plants, perennials, tropicals, and more. While you're there, be sure to get your topsoil or mulch sold by the bag or in bulk lakeland yard and garden even offers local delivery lakeland yard and garden growing your way and serving you for over 40 years stop by or call today located at lakeland drive and airport road 601-939-7304 online at lakelandyardandgarden.com listen to your garden mama now it's lakeland yard and garden center for all your gardening needs and a whole lot more Realtors and homeowners, listen
16: up. When it's time to buy, sell, or most importantly, move, that's when you call Two Men in a Truck. Let us take the worry out of moving so you can focus on what's important. Visit twomeninatruck.com. I'm Andy Davis, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. There
17: were some scary moments yesterday in Lauderdale County. It looks like this, this storm certainly has some structure to it. And again, I'm concerned that that right there may be a tornado uh, in the southeast part of Lauderdale County. Yeah, there, there's definitely some circulation there. That's WTOK's
18: chief meteorologist, Stephen Bowers who was on the air live when he spotted a possible tornado. Some wind and hail damage was reported in various parts of the state, and there was a small mudslide which cut off a portion of Highway 145 in Lauderdale County. And the Democrats' election reform bill would wipe out voter ID laws, block voter roll updates, and even legalize ballot harvesting. That's according to Senator Roger Wicker.
1: It would involve this vote harvesting procedure where party activists go out, knock doors, pick up an absentee ballot in Mm -hmm. their own hands with no supervision,
14: and they can pick up hundreds of thousands of them and bring them in with no supervision. For
18: Supertalk Mississippi News, I'm Andy Davis.
0: come on come on you're hearing the jt show with gerard gibbert all right we are back on super talk mississippi now here's more
3: Back with you on the JT Show, Super Talk Mississippi. It's a beautiful Friday, y'all, outside. However, we did get uh, a message from one of our
2: listeners on the coast that it's foggy down there. bit foggy on the Gulf Coast. There are some patchy clouds in, in places across the Magnolia State, but we're going to see a lot more sunshine no matter where you are in the Magnolia State today than you saw yesterday. Awesome.
3: That is awesome. So, from the 662 on the C Spire text line, Biden's incompetence is why the DNC wanted him elected. Pelosi and Harris want to run this country under their socialist rule. Well, one thing I believe that did shock somewhat yesterday, it it seemed a little revelational, at least on the surface, is when Joe was asked about, his plans to run for re-election. Here's what he said.
16: So is that a yes that you are running for re-election?
4: Look, I'm, I, I don't know where you guys come from, man. I've never been able to travel. I'm a great respecter of fate. I've never been able to plan four and a half, three and a half years ahead for certain.
16: And if you it, do, if you do run, will Vice President Harris be on your ticket?
4: I would fully expect that to be the case. She's doing a great job. She's a great partner. She's a great partner.
16: And do you believe you'll be running against former President Trump?
4: Oh, come on. I don't even think about, I don't have, I have no idea. I have no idea whether it'll be a Republican Party. Do you? I know you don't have to answer my question, but I mean, you know, do you? I mean, look, this is, the way I view things, i become a great respecter of fate in my life. I set a goal of this that's in front of me to get things done for the people I care most about, which are hardworking, decent American people who are getting really, having it stuck to them.
2: Uh, so A great respecter of fate in his life. <laughs> How many times? Yet he spent his entire life falsely claiming it was a drunk driver that yep. hit his family. He had to drop out of a presidential race because he plagiarized in law school. He's had other examples of plagiarism in his life, but he's a great respecter of fate. <laughs> if fate had actually done its job, he wouldn't be in the White House. I, that's right.
3: I tell you who gasped, probably fainted upon hearing their possible fate, and that was Vice President Kamala Harris, behind the curtain, over over off the stage, when Joe said, well, yeah, I'm going to run, and and yeah, Vice President Harris, she's a great partner. She'll be right there in, on the ticket. She's hyperventilating. She's just waiting in the wings. You didn't get any of that crazy laughing that we played the other day when asked on the tarmac if she was going to visit the border. She was... The fact that he takes credit for any of the vaccine process is not only laughable, but ludicrous. That from William and Madison. Agree. Rob from Pontotoc. If Trump won COVID would only reportedly get... If Trump had won, COVID would only reportedly get worse by the news standards. Yeah, they're pretty good about manipulating and twisting and turning and distorting the figures. There's no question. Darren and Jackson says, wonder how long the press corps and Biden... Not to be confused with press corps, by the way, and Biden practiced the script. Well... A couple of weeks, by, by all accounts. And you remember, he took a lid, he called a lid on Monday of this past week. Well, the wind was up. That's right. <laughs> he couldn't go out in the wind, might get blown. That's terrible. I mean, it really is. Chris in Summit says, can't believe the media didn't cover that, not even right-leaning media only saw it mentioned on Twitter. Sorry, Chris, I'm a little behind. I'm not sure exactly what you're talking about, if it was the stumbling and the bumbling or the the Jim Eagle comment. There were so many great ones. The, his nonsense about – he also made a statement about uh, immigration and the surge at the border. And he goes through all this data, and he doesn't deliver it in a very articulate and understandable way, contrasting the movement and the surge at the border with prior years. And most of that was inaccurate as well. He says, he says the reason there's a surge, I don't know if you caught this, is because he's a nice guy. I'm just a nice guy. They want to come here. Oh yeah, that's what they're thinking. Yeah, just come, come to the United States because the President is such a nice guy. That's what he said on the stage yesterday. Even with the script, Biden gets
2: lost. We're in trouble. That's Bob in Hattiesburg. Yeah, Chris Wallace had something to say about that on Fox News yesterday.
19: All right. I have to say, I was also struck uh, by the fact that it seemed on every foreign policy question, not the others, but on foreign policy, he went to his briefing book like Jen Saki does uh, sometimes in the briefings and was reading, uh, obviously, White House guidance, White House talking points, uh, covering Ronald Reagan for six years. I never saw that. Uh, watching a lot of news conferences over the years. I've never seen that. A president in a news conference reading Talking points, he did that on, it seemed, every foreign policy question. I... And let's
3: be clear, Chris Wallace is unabashedly, unashamedly a registered Democrat. So, but he's he's being, respect for him, I don't always agree with Chris,
2: but he's calling it. That's why I put a pen in that one. I was like, oh, wow, I actually have to agree with him. It's kind of like <laughs> when when Bernie Sanders, the broke clock, was actually right once when he was saying he didn't like Twitter banning Trump. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Chris pulls no punches there.
3: He absolutely calls it as he sees it. And, of course, he's got a history of experience as a benchmark to compare it to. And that's what he says there. It's unprecedented. If, if Donald Trump took the podium and had a handful of cheat sheets and notes And photos of the journalist in the room, a seating chart, and stumbled and bumbled and said something stupid like Jim Eagle, oh my gosh, it would consume the news cycle. Consume it. And in fact, to that point, the ratings for CNN, MSNBC are absolutely in the tank. What's that crazy guy Stetler Stelter, that uh, oh, yeah. we talked about? Remember, he, Toehead. He, yeah, he he filmed a, uh, a like a Zoom uh, meeting or, or a Zoom session something to that effect, and he didn't have yeah just had his gym shorts on or skivvies from the side, and there was a photo that went viral on that. Well, he has a Sunday show, and it is absolutely completely in the toilet. Because they don't have anything to talk about. People tuned in to hear what they had to say about Trump. Yeah, let's go get that Trump. That's just how obsessive uh, and voyeuristic our society has become. We're more interested in seeing the ridicule and the total accosting and castigation of those who we deem as political adversaries, than we are hearing about anything positive from our country, our politics, our culture, our society in general. We don't even care about that. Certainly the news doesn't. doesn't seem. I guess that doesn't get the clicks, it doesn't get the views, it doesn't sell the ads, etc. But that guy's. I mean, it's a show that the whole network is terrible. Terrible. It's falling off because there's nothing to see. What are you going to do? Watch Joe stumble and bumble and say, Jim Eagle? So what he's saying, Which we uh, did
2: get a correction on that. Yeah, okay. Uh, Jim Eagle wasn't in Angry Birds. It was Mighty Eagle, and he was a good guy.
3: <laughs> Mighty Eagle. Biden doesn't have a clue. All he was trying to say is that that basically requiring voter ID... That those of us who believe that people who vote should be legitimate, valid, lawful voters participating in the election process from the lowest level public office to the highest. That's all we ask for. If you believe in that, if you support, oh, the humanity, that notion, you're a bigot. You're racist. The old reliable, you're a racist retort. That's where we've gotten. So, is it not racist, though, to say that certain populations, certainly dem- certain demographics in this country, are unable to obtain a valid voter ID? How do they have checking accounts? Get a mortgage, a loan, rent? Can't do that either. Can't fly. If you ever have any documents, instruments that have to be notarized, guess you're out. You can't identify yourself.
2: You can't buy a beer.
3: Exactly. That's crazy. Time for a break here on the JT Show. Another segment in this first hour. And then after the news, we've got Representative Charles Busby at 1105. Stay with us.
0: Napa Know How The only thing that may be
8: faster than Napa driver Chase Elliott is the free Napa Racing Chase Elliott Caps. Get one free at a participating Napa Auto Parts store when you spend $25 or more. Score a free 28-cam backpack cooler with the purchase of 5 quarts of Mobile One motor oil. Napa has Mobile One high mileage, truck and SUV, and full synthetic on sale for $26.99 for a 5-quart jump. Sale price good through March 31st, and supplies of Chase Elliott Caps are limited. Napa
0: Know How
9: into your hometown, Mississippi, Arkansas Ag location and Tractor Up during discount days. For six days only, April 5th through 10th. Get 0% for 84 months financing on all John Deere 1 through 5 series tractors, plus an additional $500 off. You won't want to miss the deals on these powerful tractors for all your spring chores. Tractor Up at any of our 16 locations
19: or online at agup.com. Offer ends 1021. Some exclusions apply. See dealer for details. This is the opening agri market report. At the opening of the New York Cotton Exchange, May cotton was up 231 to 80.75. July cotton was up 223 to 81.75. At the opening of the Chicago Board of Trade, May soybeans were down 6 cents to 14.08 and a quarter of a bushel. July soybeans were down 6 cents to 13.98 and a half per bushel. May corn was up one and a half to 5.48 per bushel. July corn was up a penny to 5.33 and a half per bushel. At the mercantile, June live cattle was up 32 to one hundred twenty-one thirty-seven. August live cattle was up 30 to one hundred twenty sixty-seven. May feeders up 20 to one hundred forty-nine thirty-two. and... August feeders up two cents to 158.15. And at this hour, the Dow Jones is up 228 points to 32,847. I'm Dixon Williams, and this is Super Talk, Mississippi Agri News Network.
17: This season and every season, protect your rice fields with a full suite of herbicides from Valent USA. With Bolero 8 EC, League, and Regiment herbicides, Valent has an option to help you handle whatever weeds you're facing. Specially formulated to control the toughest weeds, including variety of broadleaf, sedge, grass, and aquatic weeds, Valent herbicides are proven to help growers start strong and protect their crop every step of the way. Visit valent.com rice to learn more. Always read and follow label instructions.
9: Special invitation to join us weekday morning six nine. Breaking news, quick shots, analysis—all right here on Super Talk Jackson,
0: ninety-seven point three. Ah, it's so awesome! You're hearing the JT Show with Gerard Gibbert. Come on, let's get on with the show. Yay. On Super Talk Mississippi.
19: Worked all week, got it all done. Let's make the Tennessee River.
3: Welcome back, everyone, to J.T. Show, Super Talk Mississippi. We're all over it on this. Friday, y'all. All right, so the president got questioned quite a bit yesterday during this presser about the filibuster and, and where he stands on that. But, you know, there's a bit of double standard hypocrisy going on
2: yeah after they grilled president uh, biden on the filibuster and and kept asking questions about his stance on it and whether or not he would support abolishing it and then former president obama came out and called the filibuster a, a jim crow relic except that flies directly in the face of what he said in 2005 when he was senator
20: but the american people sent us here to be their voice they understand that those voices can at times become loud and argumentative, but they also hope that we can disagree without being disagreeable. And at the end of the day, they expect both parties to work together to get the people's business done. What they don't expect is for one party, be it Republican or Democrat, to change the rules in the middle of the game so that they can make all the decisions while the other party is told to sit down and keep quiet. The American people want less partisanship in this town, but everyone in this chamber knows that if the majority chooses to end the filibuster, if they choose to change the rules and put an end to democratic debate, then the fighting and the bitterness and the gridlock will only get worse. Now, I understand that Republicans are getting a lot of pressure to do this from factions outside the chamber. But we need to rise above the ends justify the means mentality because we're here to answer to the people, all of the people, not just the ones that are wearing our particular party label.
3: I mean, so if it's racist, because that's now how it is being described with the, with the connection to Jim Crow and, and a couple of weeks ago, Senator Elizabeth Warren came out and said that
2: the filibuster clearly is racist. Then why did the Democrats do it 250 times last year? I'm, I want to say the last Democrat
3: senator to invoke it was the vice president herself. I know she did while a said Yeah, senator, wasn't that to
2: stop Tim Scott's bill? Yep. Who's also an African American?
3: It's nuts. Dutch. The double standard. Super racist filibuster there, man. Crazy. It is off the charts. Uh, So he got questioned pretty hard about it, and basically what he said was, well, if we can't get the agenda done, it's the same old garbage you get. We're just going to have to take another route. But they got to get that through some Democrat senators to agree to change the rules there, and that could be a heavy lift. Mansion and cinema of West Virginia and Arizona, respectively, over in the Senate have indicated their opposition to tearing down the filibuster we We shall see we did have a question about from Wayne and Brandon. Can we get details on assault rifle ban from what I understand it was shot down? I'm not sure if that was a pun or not, so yeah, it requires sixty votes again over in the Senate.
2: That's why they want to blow up the filibusters because they know they don't have the votes to get all their radical crap through. That being one of them. And so the
3: president has suggested that he is investigating use of executive order, of course, as a way to ban assault weapons and, and institute the really tight background check process. I, I, I'm still looking for somebody to, to show how that truly does make a difference with respect to gun violence in this country and and how to stop the wackos from playing shoot, shoot them up I'm not convinced of it. You know, there were three things, I think, that stood out to me with respect to yesterday's press conference as we head here in a couple of minutes to a break. First, we have a leader, the leader of the free world, who's often just lost, says a lot of things that are false, even though President Trump was continuously, continuously excoriated for lying. Every time he opens his mouth, he's lying. Number two, the media clearly is in the tank and cannot be trusted to hold this president accountable. Because of the fact that he is lost, he's feckless, he's clearly incompetent, and the fact that we have no media, which is what we have relied on historically to hold him and especially our president accountable, I think we're in trouble. And we got to change the direction. And we're going to have to do it at the ballot box in 22 as a starting point. We got a break right here. We've got Super Talk News, Fox News. When we come back, Representative Charles Busby from Jackson County, the chair of the Transportation Committee, will give us the latest on the legislature here in Mississippi. Stay with us on the JT Show.
14: News. I'm Chris Foster. Georgia is the first state to change voting laws since the presidential election that
9: had former President Trump claiming fraud and Georgia's Republican election officials denying it. Governor Brian Kemp signs a law requiring more stringent ID rules for voters, places further restrictions on mail-in voting, and gives the state legislature more control over election procedures. The law was immediately condemned by prominent Georgia Democrats, including state lawmaker
16: Park Cannon,
9: who was arrested for attempting to interrupt Kemp's signing announcement. is Evan
14: Brown. Eligibility for coronavirus vaccines is expanding in more states.
16: California,
18: Florida, and North Carolina announced COVID vaccinations will be open to all adults next month. Texas expansion starts Monday, Minnesota on Tuesday, Indiana on Wednesday. Starting today, New Mexico is relaxing restrictions on visits to nursing homes and assisted living facilities.
14: Fox's Tanya J. Powers. America's listening to Fox News. batteries plus we do more than fix phones and tablets we help our neighbors power their lives visit batteries plus in-store curbside and online to save on boat rv and motorcycle batteries for offer details and limitations visit batteriesplus.com
20: the best made to order lunch in northeast jackson is at fourth and Gold sports cafe the wings the chicken tenders and bites fried or grilled and the best specialty pizzas in the metro call 769-208-8283 that's 769-208-8283, 769-208-8283.
18: I'm Kelly Bennett and you're listening to Super Top Mississippi News. It's not just migrants that are crossing the border. Godfrey Garner, Homeland Security professor at Mississippi College, says some dangerous individuals have been captured. We've caught
17: multiple groups of
3: most wanted.
18: Tennessee Senator Marsha Blackburn, a Mississippi native, told Fox News Live, the Biden administration's border policies are empowering criminals.
16: You have international drug cartels, human trafficking, sex trafficking cartels, and where are they? all coming to work, the northern part of Mexico, just south of the U.S. border.
18: Construction on a new UPS distribution center in Bridgeland is expected to begin this summer. A company announced last fall it would be bringing the $28.6 million facility to Madison County, creating over 160 new jobs, with average salaries over $55,000.
10: Smart shoppers will tell you they found it on HighBid.com. HighBid.com lets you explore thousands of auctions across the U.S. and around the world. You'll find gold coins, sporting goods, classic cars, collectible toys, fine jewelry, household items, and sports memorabilia autographed by the greats. Hybid.com has hundreds of thousands of items for sale every day. It's easy to search and easy to find auctions in your area. Just go to HighBid.com. That's H-I-B-I-D.com and see what everyone is talking about.
18: Offshore projects support thousands of Mississippi jobs, With that in mind, Attorney General Lynn Fitch is joining in a lawsuit that aims to block the Biden administration's executive order halting all new oil and gas leasing and drilling permits on federal lands. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki.
16: This will not affect oil and gas production or jobs for years to come. What President Biden has pledged to do is invest to create jobs and ensure America leads the clean energy revolution, which is where the industry is largely going anyway. Legendary Saints quarterback
18: Drew Brees showed up on the l Degeneres show this week. It's not until all of a
20: sudden I actually announced the retirement that it was like, that's when true reflection could take place and true appreciation. And I'm so grateful. I am so grateful to have had the opportunity to play for the New Orleans Saints. For
18: the latest Mississippi news, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or online at supertalk.fm. I'm Kelly Bennett.
7: Go Tune in to Good
16: Things with me, Rebecca Turner. It's Mississippi's Radio Happy Hour, weekdays from 2 to 3 p.m., right here on Super Talk Jackson 97.3.
4: And now, the moment you've all been waiting
0: for. Welcome to Real Talk for Real Mississippians. Informed, engaging, and always brutally honest. Welcome to the JT Show with Gerard Gibbert on Supertalk Mississippi, the Supertalk app, and at supertalk.fm. And now, here's Gerard Gibbert.
4: Mm.
3: <laughs> Welcome back, everyone. Hour two, of the JT Show, Supertalk Mississippi on this. Friday, y'all. Thank you, Rhino. In the studio now, joining us, our good friend from District 111. That's down there on the coast in Jackson County, Representative Charles Busby. Hey, good morning, Gerard. It was cool to look
13: over my shoulder when that song was playing and watch Rhino rocking out back there. That was pretty neat.
3: (laughs) Absolutely. He can spin some fine tunes here on the show, and sometimes he'll even take requests. I, I give him requests. He, he makes me wait a couple of segments a lot of times. He kind of puts me on delay. I'm I'm behind on the priority list, you know.
13: <laughs> I think y'all about got the kinks worked out of this. JT needs to get back. He's keep his job. He's
3: got to get back. We need
13: him to get well, get
3: back. We sure do. And uh, we pray for him every day. In yes, his, sir. In his swift recovery. We uh, appreciate you coming in today, Representative Busby. So... You guys are about to wind it down there at the Capitol. Yes, we are.
13: the 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 situation is about to go static again. You don't have to worry about the (laughs) dynamics of it. About, I don't know. I'd I'd guess Tuesday ish, but uh, who knows? Somewhere, somewhere right in there. Conference weekend, though, right? Conference weekend. We'll all be in town this week. I know that Chairman Reed and, and uh, Chairman Hobson have been working really hard on, on getting the numbers together, and I think that's the thing that's driving it. Yeah. You know, as soon as though, uh, those numbers are agreed upon and we got a budget, I think we're going to pass a budget and we're going home, and uh, any general legislation that's left in shambles on the floor as we leave will remain there until next
3: year. <laughs> you don't think that'll get, at the last minute, kind of plugged into a bond bill or appropriations bill or anything like that, do you? So it, such as what? I, what, what I do don't mean? know. Some some uh pet project that well, we always see. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, why do me? I ask that? It's a rhetorical <laughs> you know, question. I mean, I'm not going I'm not going to sit here and lie about that. I mean,
13: absolutely that'll happen. We don't need any $100,000 clock towers. No, we don't <laughs> need that. But <laughs> you, know, you, you got to really get deep into the weeds.
3: You got to find those things, you know. I know. Bike trails and stuff like that. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Oh my gosh. All right. So you chair the transportation committee over there in the house. What uh, is coming out of your committee this year? Well, we didn't we didn't have a major heavy year in uh in the
13: house. Uh, we did some things to uh, to help our new uh, commissioner out over at DPS. Yeah, we streamlined some license things. Uh, you know, did away with the intermediate license. Uh, we made some some shortcuts for them over there because the less or the 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 simpler we make their processes, yep. the faster people can get licenses. So that's all part of the of the uh, initiative from last year to make getting a driver's license. a a, a better experience in the state of Mississippi. So we've helped him out with a few of those things, some minor things. Obviously, there's always memorial highways that come to you. So, But I think probably the biggest thing is uh, is a bill coming out of the Senate, uh, Senate Bill 2825 that uh, would raise the tolerance on harvest permits that uh, has gotten kind of controversial. And it also moves MDOT law enforcement over to the Department of Public Safety. Hmm. So uh, some significant changes there. I know that uh, Senator Branning, my counterpart Mm -hmm. in the Senate, has uh, has been working really hard on it. Hmm. I I haven't seen the final conference report yet, but I know it's coming soon.
3: So the existing MDOT uh, so I assume that means the law enforcement, uh, just as an average citizen, I, I'm familiar with seeing vehicles with lights on them that are, are marked with the MDOT yes. insignia, as opposed to being state troopers and highway patrols. So w- we would combine those under DPS? Is that the plan?
13: be a separate uh, division within DPS, but yes, they would be under Commissioner Tindall.
3: Okay. And is, uh, how, how does DOTD <laughs> feel about that? Um. And we got a vacancy yeah. there, right? We, we've so.
13: got, we do. We have a vacancy there. Uh, the uh, you know the some people at DOT don't like it, but um, just quite honestly, I've heard from a few of the on the road law enforcement folks who say they they are more comfortable being within a law enforcement agency. Sure. So they think they'll fit in better. And I've had uh, several conversations with Commissioner Tyndall. and believe me, he has been extremely professional through this. He mm-hmm. has not one time said, Charles, why don't you take MDOT law enforcement away from MDOT yeah. and give it to me? Not one time has he done that, nor would he ever do that. But he he, uh, he, and I have talked, and he's given it a lot of thought, and he thinks that there are some uh, some advantages in coordination. Um, but I don't know that... that that we know the inner dealings within M dot enough that we recognize all of the impact that this is going to have long term. I got you, but uh, but I think we probably know it well enough. I think
3: there uh, we'll will work the kinks out of it. What exactly, Representative Busby? Does M dot law enforcement what laws are they enforcing? Weight limits. Okay, so it's it is what you see. Typically, you see them around the the uh, the weighing stations. Mm-hmm. and all right so do they travel the roads searching for vehicles that might they might think are overweight maybe escort them to they, the weighing station or they no they have portable scales ah, that they carry okay. with them that they can set up on the side
13: of the road okay. so you know that's that's again going to be one of the issues by the time he sets those scales up puts a truck on it gets the weight of the truck and if a ticket is necessary mm-hmm. right ticket you know, we just cost that truck driver probably thirty minutes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but if he's but if he's not overweight, then not a problem. But I think sometimes what we do because we we we've somewhat handcuffed ourselves in uh, in Mississippi by not allowing digital citations. We have twenty one weigh in motion scales in the state okay. that have to be manned by an officer because we don't allow digital citations. Okay. So if if we had a camera on that scale where we could just get the get the weight, yep. take the picture, issue the citation, then we wouldn't have to stop those trucks. Gotcha. They could just keep on moving and that's their main complaint. We don't want to be backed up. We don't want you to put a portable scale out there on a, on an access road and and go to the delta in October when it's harvest time. Yeah. And start start running them on all, all those trucks, and have dru- trucks stacked up for a mile while you're weighing them.
3: Yeah, and and I also want to just comment that knowing Commissioner Tindall, he doesn't strike me as one who who is uh, infatuated with the power grab. Here, it's not about that no. whatsoever. No, he's, he's just he's he's just interested in doing the best job for the state of Mississippi. You know, when people. his when his name was first
13: mentioned uh, in consideration to be the commissioner. It just caught me out of the blue. I, I, it never crossed my mind that that he would be that person. And then I tried to blow holes in it, and I just couldn't do it. Yeah. I mean, he's just, I, I think, the perfect pick. I do, too. Uh, uh, Governor Reeves did a yeah. fantastic
3: job. Yeah, agree. All right, so uh, anything else that, that you're pushing for or your members have pushed for this oh. session to, to flow through your committee? Well, of, of course.
13: We're... Um, it's 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 always about funding. Sure. You know, it, you know the discussions there are always about money. Absolutely. Uh, Chairman Lamar had come up with a, a pretty good idea, kind of a twist on the idea that I have been pushing for the past few years which was to phase in a fuel tax increase uh-huh. which would have been uh, a lot easier to do, you know, 2 years ago when gas prices were down. But and to phase out the 4% income tax bracket yeah so chairman lamar's twist on that was to uh, make it a referendum uh yep. prior see, these are the projects kind of a pay as you go program. These are the projects that we want to do, and we want to want the people to vote, but it was going to be uh, an increase overnight of you know ten cents i think it was or something like that ten or twelve cents, ten cents on gasoline, maybe twelve cents on on diesel something like that yeah um and it with the how shall I say uh, uh, there the may be some angst uh, over the income tax bill, it was just it was this was right on the heels of it, and it was just a little much for for folks to swallow. You know, it's so.
3: a lot, and I know the speaker has uh, he has advocated for such a plan uh, for some time, elimination yes. of the four percent bracket and and replacing that. With uh, a dedicated tax, if you will, on gas that yes. would of course goes to the Department of Transportation specifically for roads and bridges as a way to get more funding for roads and bridges, but be somewhat neutral uh, to citizens uh, to right. to um, Mississippians so Yeah, and it just looked like a lot in one session to try to get that done. Yeah, I I think it was a a big
13: lift. I do applaud their efforts for trying, and I appreciate their efforts for trying. And uh, and, and we'll try some more. But, you know, as we discussed, gasoline tax is probably not the way that we're going to fund roads and bridges in the future.
3: I got you. We got a break right here. Can you stay with us? Sure. We got Representative Charles Busby in the studio. Stay with us on the JT Show. We'll be right back.
14: Hartley Equipment in Gluckstadt is your one-stop shop for all your outdoor needs. Right now, Hartley has Exmark and Skag zero-turn mowers marked way, way down. And they're offering 0% interest financing. Hartley carries a full lineup of steel and echo products, too. Come by and see TJ or Scott and let them help you upgrade your lawn equipment. Hartley also has you covered for all your landscape supply needs, including sod, longleaf pine straw, mulch, bulk soils, rock, and much more. Is your lawn in need? of a grass makeover? Give Hartley a call and talk to Tyler or Matthew about all the different varieties of sod they have to offer, including Bermuda, Centipede, Zoysia, and St. Augustine. Hartley's rental department also has the perfect machine to help with all that yard work too. Mini excavators, skid steers, tractors, zero turns, tillers, and more available for rent. Check them out on Facebook and Instagram to keep up with all the latest specials Hartley
6: has to offer. This is owner Cameron Hartley reminding you that when it comes to your lawn equipment needs, shop smartly, shop Hartley
11: Napa
9: know-how. The only thing that may be faster
8: than Napa driver Chase Elliott is the free Napa Racing Chase Elliott Caps. Get one free at a participating Napa Auto Parts store when you spend $25 or more. Score a free 28-cam backpack cooler with the purchase of 5 quarts of Mobile One motor oil. Napa has Mobile One high mileage, truck and SUV, and full synthetic on sale for $26.99 for a 5-quart jug. Sale price good through March 31st and supplies of Chase Elliott Caps are limited. Napa Know How!
21: Afraid of falling? You're not alone. If you or someone you know suffers from dizziness or imbalance, Physical of Jackson can help you improve your balance and decrease your chances of falling. Susan Geiger and her team of unique specialized therapists utilize cutting-edge equipment only found at Physical of Jackson. Conveniently located in Flowood, Physical of Jackson can help you get back to enjoying a healthy, independent lifestyle again. Call Physical of Jackson today for your appointment.
13: 601
10: 487
9: Hey, it's Richard Cross. Be sure to catch Sports Talk Mississippi, your new home for the best sports coverage right here in the Magnolia State. Every day from 3 until 6, right here on
0: Super Talk Jackson 97.3. You're hearing The JT Show with Gerard Gibbert. On Super Talk Mississippi. They always say what they want, they're open about their opinions, they're not afraid to say what they feel.
3: back. The JT Show continues. Jim Crocey bumping us into this segment. Oh, I like it. (laughs) Thank you, Rhino. We've got Representative Charles Busby in the studio. Representative, we got a text, a question on the C Spire text line. Can you ask if the fines from MDOT tickets will... That be taken from MDOT's budget and now given to public safety, assuming that we move law enforcement over to DPS.
13: Well, actually, we're we're taking the fines from DOT and putting them into the Mercy Road and Bridge Program. Okay, yeah, gotcha. We've addressed that in the bill. Yeah.
3: All right. Uh, Let's see. This is one. Not sure if you know the answer to this one from the uh, 662 region, Hickory Flat. This is Charlie from Hickory Flat, Mississippi, MDOT does not run Radar now, but will they if they become part of Highway Patrol? No. It's not part of that. I I wouldn't think that would make sense either. Uh, Here's another one. A dollar per tire tax on new tires and 50-cent tax on automobile batteries and brake pad shoe sets. The one downside is the type of tax that does not generate revenue from out-of-state driver using our roadways. Know anything about that?
13: I don't. Haven't heard anything about that. I think – I still think at the moment – Raising the fuel taxes is the thing to do, as we were talking during the break. a two thousand and fifteen study showed that we were six billion dollars behind A yeah it would take six billion dollars to bring our roads and bridges up to par and with all of the things that we 've done, you know the American Society of Civil Engineers did a little video on the work that 's been done on our bridges in in the state. However, the infrastructure report card for from asME just our ASC yeah. just came out. And we still get a D minus on our bridges. So we still got a long ways to go.
3: Yeah. How can we get some meeting of the minds and consensus? Because you you know, Representative Busby, you line up 10 people, and five of them say, We don't need any more money for that. And another five would say, If we don't do something, the state's going to crash. I mean, we just can't seem to reach a meeting of the minds and, and consensus on that. Well, you know, think policy issues such as this, I don't think
13: take place overnight, Yeah. so you, you end up just making sure it bubbles up to the top of the conversation list every time. Yeah. You keep having the conversation until people get comfortable with it, people become more educated on the issue, and then they can see a reasonable way to support something like that. And that's what we've been doing, really, for the last five or six years. And uh, you know, when when the body is is ready, I'm going to keep talking about it. I'm not going to push anything down anybody's throat or try to do anything like that, yeah. but I am going to keep having these conversations. And it just is common sense that if you have a, a, a revenue stream that was dedicated in 1989 and here we are in 2021, and we have not adjusted that revenue stream not one time. Yeah. And we have more fuel-efficient cars driving more miles on our roads, which increases maintenance costs. And obviously, the cost of asphalt and concrete and all those things have gone up. The cost of labor have gone up over that period of time. Then that revenue stream is not going to be capable of sustaining what yeah. you got. You you got to change it, and uh, so that's that's that's
3: our dilemma. I got one question from Curtis and Biloxi. Uh, I thought revenue generated from the lottery was supposed to be for infrastructure. Aren't roads and bridges infrastructure? It's, Something I have, to be, I have to be a little familiar
13: yeah. with. <laughs> Great question. And
3: so while he,
13: while he brings it up, I want to thank you and your team for your magnificent work on the lottery, Gerard. But, um, but yeah, um, it's $80 million. Uh, so, yeah, it helps a lot. We'd love to have $80 million to work with. We're doing a lot of repaving with that money, uh, and, and we're very appreciative of it, and I think with – uh, the uh, the in February we topped out we at we the eighty, 80 million, million dollars. So all the other monies uh, picked up from after after February are going to go to education. That's
3: right. Four so months.
13: So it has been a wonderful thing. It's just uh, eighty million dollars. As much
3: money as that is, that's a lot of money. It still doesn't get us there. And we should also point out that if uh, for our audience go to the Mississippi Department of Transportation and Development website. Uh, they do a great job of publishing projects that are funded specifically with lottery proceeds. They do, and, and with, it's a and long list. And with ERBR,
13: the Emergency Road and Bridge yes. Program. Excuse me if you're using an acronym that your listeners may yeah. not have been familiar with, but uh, the Emergency Road and Bridge Program. We've uh, two hundred fifty million dollars that uh, we we. It was a bond bill using the revenue stream from gaming sinking fund. And uh, it's been amazingly successful. So, we're trying to find some more money to put in there. There's, uh, you know, we're just kicking over the couch cushions and see if we can find a a quarter or two to put in there. But it's been great. We spent all that money, and I think about 86% of that went to our counties. Okay, uh, and and the rest the rest went to M. Dot. So uh, it, it's been a been a big boost for our counties, and that's why there's such a push, especially if we raise the weight limits on the harvest permit. Okay, that uh, we will take the fines and put in ERBR and the additional money. I'm talking. I would like to raise the cost of a harvest permit because right now it's twenty five dollars. Right. Right. So, so that's nothing. Yeah, I need. We need to bump that up. And what I'm proposing is that we maintain an eighty-four thousand pound harvest permit that we can that someone can buy for two hundred fifty dollars, okay. and we have another one at eighty-eight that somebody could buy for five hundred dollars. Now I ran the numbers. If a trucker runs a forty-five mile trip twice a day, deadheaded back, at fourteen point one cents per ton mile. He does that twice a day, five days a week, 52 weeks a year. He'll make an additional $13,104 a year. Hmm. So, and I don't think it's really going it, to – there probably will probably be a slight increase in expenses, but not much. Yeah. And uh, and so I don't think it's too much to ask. If you're going to put the wear and tear on the streets and roads that everyone else is going to have to pay for, uh, to ask you to pony up a, a $500 for that permit.
3: Is it – competitive with the other states? Uh, certainly our adjacent states? I mean wh- similar programs? Mm. Similar costs? Other states
13: have not have not broadened their harvest permit programs okay. as, as we have. In um, other states it's still limited to loggers and farmers and we've expanded it to some finished goods. Sand, gravel, uh, wood pellets, things of that nature. Uh, even We even allow trucks that have access to scales to yeah. have a horse permit now, so okay. uh, it's, it's a
3: little bit different program. All right, so this is what comes up regularly, Representative Busby, and questions from our audience and just others out and about, is, are, are, are you comfortable that MDOT is operating at such peak efficiency that there are not opportunities for cost reductions as a way to produce more money available for road and bridge improvements?
13: Great question. It's a huge organization. It's got 3,700 employees. <clears throat> are there efficiencies to be gained there? I'm absolutely sure that they are. Um, but could you could I go in there and tell you specifically what they are right now? I could not do that. Um, but I'm sure that they are there, and, and they need to be found. Now they have been um, shown as uh, being the eighth most cost-effective DOT in the state. Uh, in the country, in the in, I'm sorry, in the country. Okay. Yes, sir. Okay. So, you know, as bad as some people may think ours is, uh, relatively speaking, they they've been doing a pretty good job.
3: Well, is is there ever been any consideration to perhaps uh, engaging the services of a third party who's who's skilled in evaluating efficiencies and operational? optimization of of a public sector DOT like that to maybe report back to the legislature on these are some things you could do to shed some costs. Uh, no, that has not been discussed, but not a bad idea. Uh, I, I'm just – because I'm kind of like you. I, I, I know a lot about business. Uh, I'm pretty good with organizational structure, but I'm not an expert on – on transportation, departments of transportation, I freely admit that. There's a lot of things I could look at and probably say, well, yeah, that seems like waste, I guess, and and uh, duplicative expense. But it, w- it seems like maybe an expert that could help us with that. It might be worth the investment. And you know, they may come back and say, here's what you can do, and it amounts to a hill of beans at the end of the day. Well, I know
13: that over the years I have proposed different execution models. Okay. And we seem to not be willing to get out of the execution model that that we currently have. I got you. While I I think there are some better models out there that we ought to be trying. So we got a pretty good opportunity here. Okay. Uh, Melinda did a great job as executive director, but we're going to have a new executive director coming, and I think it would probably be in our best interest to find a business person. Who is willing to look at other execution
3: models? I just leave you with this thought. I think folks would be a lot more comfortable with the notion of additional revenue in the form of a fuel tax if they were if they were confident that we've exhausted all possibilities in streamlining the operation. So maybe a third party, <laughs> not internal, not any sort of stuff like that. Maybe that's a worthy investment. Well, I love the input because I'm over yeah. there fighting for them every day to get more money. I know it, you are. Uh,
13: When 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 they show. Uh, a lack of being efficient,
3: then it really hurts my argument. Appreciate you coming on. We got to have Thanks you back on after the conference weekend. Maybe you'll visit us again. Yes, Thanks sir. a lot. Representative Charles Busby has been our guest. Stay with us on the JT Show. We'll be right back.
16: Hop on in to Nandy's Candy for all your Easter treats. Personalized eggs, Caramel Divinity, peanut butter and chocolate whip eggs, chocolate bunnies and ducks, hand-blown eggs filled with chocolate, sugar eggs, stuffed animals, jelly bellies, foil-wrapped bunnies and eggs, sour bunnies, bunny corn, empty or pre-made baskets, and so much more. Nandy's Candy, 1220 East Northside Drive in Maywood Mart, exactly where the Easter Bunny shops. Shop online at Nandy'sCandy.com for in-store pickup or shipping.
11: Madison Sellers, proud to be a sponsor of SEC Sports. They're your headquarters for all your wines and spirits. From special party needs to picking up that favorite bottle of wine for dinner, it's all at Madison Sellers Premium Wine and Spirits, Highway 51 at Madison Station Shopping Center.
18: I'm Kelly Bennett, and you're listening to Super Top Mississippi News. It's not just migrants that are crossing the border. Godfrey Garner, Homeland Security professor at Mississippi College, says some dangerous individuals have been captured. We've
19: caught multiple groups of most wanted.
18: Tennessee Senator Marsha Blackburn, a Mississippi native, told Fox News Live that Biden administration's border policies are empowering criminals.
16: You have international drug cartels, human trafficking, sex trafficking cartels, and where are they? all coming to work, the northern part of Mexico, just south of the U.S. border.
18: Construction on a new UPS distribution center in Bridgeland is expected to begin this summer. A company announced last fall it would be bringing the $28.6 million facility to Madison County, creating over 160 new jobs, with average salaries over $55,000.
0: Thanks for listening to Super Talk Mississippi. The JT Show, 601-879-4395. That's 601-879-4395. Now, here's more with Gerard Gibbert on Super Talk Mississippi.
4: Hey, hey, mom, I said the
18: way you move, gonna make you sweat, going make you groove.
3: Welcome back. The JT Show continues Super Talk Mississippi on this. Friday, y'all. Give us a call. 888-808-8637. The Super Talk call line is open, ready to take your call. So there's a question about What is the budget of MDOT and what is that percent of the state budget? Uh, The thing about MDOT is that it is separately funded. Its financial management and budget are not part of the general fund. It uh, it operates separately in that respect. It's a little over a billion dollars a year, of which I think more than half comes from federal dollars. The fuel tax is the next big revenue source. I think that's roughly $300 million a year. And then there's the fees and interlocal proceeds, tag fees, uh, commercial vehicle fees. I think there's some other fees in there as well. And the amount that goes to the state and local, uh, really, the state—I should say—road and bridge system is about eighty-three percent. That's for state-maintained roads and bridges, about nine hundred million bucks. So, just kind of a high-level overview of that. Uh, and, and look, I—I I think the representative, after just asking him that question, is on board with the idea of let's let's truly determine what can be done at the Department of Transportation to make it as efficient as possible so that it operates in the most optimum fashion. I mean, that should be the goal of of every entity and organization, and it's constant. It's a constant, continuous improvement process that should be sought. And maybe in this case, it makes sense, and, and I get the impression he was open to that suggestion. It's all it was on my part was a suggestion that let, let's let perhaps find a third party and, and let's, uh, let's put together a formal request for a proposal process and let's seek some respondents and candidates to such a proposal to come in and analyze the department and report back With uh, findings and recommendations. That's just the way that private sector companies do that all the time. I used to do that for a living before I started my own company working for Accenture. We more focused on systems, and then we would often develop those systems electronic and automated systems. But it's, it's not unusual to think third party, to seek third party consultation expertise that is not available internal. And I don't think you would want you would want a third party, an objective party. You wouldn't want internal analysis of something like this. I'm afraid that the public would not be as confident in the findings there. And and so let's put it to bed. It's a billion dollars. So how how much could be trimmed in terms of cost savings? I don't know. It's just anything you would say there would be speculative. I know a lot of people see that will say, well, you know, you see, you see the crews out along the roads, and it looks like maybe there are too many of them, and there are a lot of people that appear to be idle. I've witnessed that as well. I don't know. I don't know anything about building roads, and so I, I hesitate to even offer an opinion on that. I don't know. But I can tell you this. Given the fact that we're turning over and making a transition to a new head of the agency... And I'm not sure who's on the list at this point as prospective candidates for that role, for that job. That is a great opportunity uh, to perhaps bring in third parties, Uh, again, through an RFP process. I'm not talking about some cronied up, let me just go get my brother-in-law to come in here and do this deal. I would not ever support that, but a legitimate request for proposal, a formal process, with a bake-off, with a sophisticated scoring mechanism to get the best value for the state taxpayers to come in and perform such an analysis, it's a perfect time in making a transition to a new chief. And I can tell you that when those kinds of transitions occur, staff almost expect, they expect change as new person, new leader. You just expect change. And those changes should be positive. This is an a organization that serves the taxpayers, and we need to make positive change uh, in a way that, that um, optimizes the taxpayers' funding. But what I think a lot of people probably aren't aware of is that half of the money, 56%, comes from the federal government. Now, look. That doesn't mean it's okay to waste it. Absolutely not. It's, it's, it's why we already have enough of that going on at the federal government that's going to cause us all pain before it's all over with. have been reading a lot of reports lately, just kind of off on a tangent a bit here, about the prospect of inflation. Saw a great interview with Peter Schiff from the investment community about that yesterday, someone that I follow regularly, and reports from economists so all of that a function of this ridiculous, reckless spending occurring at the federal level, and I'm not giving either party a pass here, but it clearly has been ratcheted up, and there is continued interest on the part of the Democrats to pursue massive deficit spending. In fact, the $3 trillion so-called infrastructure bill that is being worked on right now in the House, by, mainly by House Democrats, the progressive caucus is saying that ain't big enough. We got to think big. It needs to be ten trillion dollars. And of course, when you when you look at those kinds of, of of bills, the value of the spending is always scored and projected over a ten-year period. So a three-trillion-dollar deal is three hundred billion a year, and a, and a ten trillion is a is a a trillion a year over 10 years we're already running a trillion dollar deficit and with this 1.9 trillion dollar bill just passed the american rescue plan i say that in in kind of a arrogant way and i tell you why <laughs> I, I just remember so clearly after president obama took office and they passed the american Recovery and Reinvestment Act, remember that, the A-R-R-A. And after it was passed, about a year later, there was a lot of doubt in the minds of Americans. Just, hey, what happened? Where are the shovel-ready jobs? You can't, I mean, that term was used and stated and in, in remarked countless times by mainly Democrats, their pundits, they surrogates. And about a year later, Joe Biden himself, Vice President Joe Biden, was instructed by the President to tour the country, just as, as uh, Kamala and Dr. Jill Biden are now and others, which we talked about in the last couple of days. I don't know why they're touring the co- country to convince people that giving them money is good for them, it's kind of the way I look at it. But I remember back then, 2010, he was he was asked by at a town hall, you know, well, gee, we don't see any change from all this money. It was $887 billion. That was considered a whole lot of money. That ain't squat, guys, when you look at a $1.9 trillion deal. And Joe Biden, you can imagine. I, I looked for a video, Rhino, and I couldn't find one. But I remember distinctly seeing this on the, on the news, and he gets a little put out with the person at the town call. He says, the stimulus is working! It's working! Well, that's like you're trying to tell a person how they're to feel and and what their experience is. They can't figure that out on their own. It's working! Don't you see? It's working! And and this person obviously is saying, we don't see anything in our town. Where are all the shovel-ready jobs? Where's all the work? And and so that's kind of what's going on now. They're they're touring the country to try to persuade Americans, look, this money we're giving you. It's really good. And now we got 1.8 billion coming our way in Mississippi. And as I discussed with the representative at the state level, one of the eligible uses for that is in fact road and bridge infrastructure. So you got to wonder what's going to happen there, and this is going to come down within 30 days, because I think the state has to apply for it. There's some process there. I see, it's just, just a speculation on my part, I see the legislature, the governor calling a special session to gather the legislature back in the capitol figure out how they're going to spend this $1.8 billion money. And that doesn't include all the money going directly to cities and and counties. We'll take a break right here. Don't forget, 888-808-8637. We'll be right back.
17: I was a drug addict for 16 years but I've been sober almost seven years now. Christian business owner and family man. At Adult and Teen Challenge, we're helping rescue men out of addiction right here in Mississippi and teaching them how to be productive members of society. Help us by donating a vehicle to our vehicle donation program. Any condition, running or not, we pick it up, we do all the paperwork, and you get a tax deduction. Contact
19: us, 601-572-7296, or go to mercyhouseteenchallenge.org. Thank you for
15: helping us get our daddies
19: back. Midday Agri-Market Report. Charles Hermanson, the regional sales manager for Adama, explains how Adama continues to help the farmer. Uh,
9: we're continuing to bring opportunities to the grower, to retailers, to, to the channel, and then focus on new value, differential value to the operations, to their farming operations, to their businesses, uh, just through our partnerships with those customers in particular, uh, but through our partnerships also with seed producers. Uh, so, you know, we want to bring added value in addition to uh, the value that we're hopefully saving some of these grower customers ultimately, and then lastly, is we feel like there's a gap in the marketplace. There's an opportunity for uh, to have a high level of service to the marketplace. Uh, there's never really been a lot of focus there before for us to bring new products to have a very differential part of our portfolio uh, where we're able to continue to just deliver new value to the to the um, to the grower. To-
19: this is the Super Talk Mississippi Agri News Network. Smart shoppers will tell you they
10: found it on hybid.com.
19: Hybid.com
10: lets you explore thousands of auctions across the U.S. and around the world. You'll find gold coins, sporting goods, classic cars, collectible toys, fine jewelry, household items and sports memorabilia autographed by the greats. Hybid.com has hundreds of thousands of items for sale every day. It's easy to search and easy to find auctions in your area. Just go to HighBid.com. that's H-I-B-I-D.com and see what everyone is
17: talking about
10: This is Ben Shapiro reminding you to listen to The Ben Shapiro Show weekday nights starting at 9 p.m. here on 97.3 Super Talk
0: Jackson. Now, 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 back to the JT Show with Gerard Gibbert and Rhino.
10: Great news, everybody.
0: On Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi. Two, three,
21: better than I know myself so I'm gonna let it do all the talking okay welcome back to JT
4: show continues
3: we are here we are wrapping up the week on this Friday y'all all right, so on the C Spire text line, yeah, a performance audit was done by a third party through the state auditor, commissioned by the state auditor, actually, I think it was, after reading it, uh, in a uh, couple years ago. So Rhino and I were talking about that off the air. What were the main findings of that, Rhino? Uh,
2: yeah, it all got started, if you remember back the 2018 special session, uh, the state auditor's office was given responsibility to oversee a performance audit dealing with MDOT as a part of the infrastructure legislation that was passed during that special session back in 2018. Well, from that point into, I believe, the earliest parts of 2019, they held a competitive bidding process Mm -hmm. and hired a team of national experts from the firm HKA in Philadelphia to lead the audit. They spent all of 2019 auditing MDOT and released a report in February of last year and the report came to the conclusion that there are really only four places that could be more efficient that would be that are lagging behind industry standards and other states in our surrounding area. The first would be eliminating underutilized vehicles. A fleet of vehicles not being used is just a waste of money. That would save about 13 million out of a billion dollar budget. Peanuts. Not replacing underutilized commuting vehicles. Peanuts. It's less than a million. It's about $895,000 that could be saved. Petty cash. Eliminating unnecessary staff in the fleet maintenance. Okay. So the mechanics, the body shop workers, those kind of people, they think they could save 600000 annually by trimming the fat there. And the last place they found was el- eliminating underutilized rest areas, hmm. and managing project schedules better, hmm. but that was a minimal change in the budget. It would just be better operationally. It's just nothing. It
3: amounts to nothing. 15, 16 million bucks out of a 1.1 billion dollar budget, of which 56 percent comes from the federal government. Uh, and so my apologies for forgetting about that, and as soon as you mentioned it when we got off the air, uh, Rhino, I recalled it because I remember reading the articles.
2: About it, yeah. It all reports. dropped right before the, the COVID crap happened. Exactly, last year, which is mm-hmm. why it probably got forgotten.
3: So I apologize for that. Uh, that doesn't mean that it it might not be worth doing it again. Maybe in another year, uh, just to make sure. It, I don't know how much that that uh, cost. The engagement cost, the service cost. I suspect it wasn't that much, relatively speaking. I can also tell you that what often happens when you bring in third parties like that to perform a, a complete and deep dive analysis, uh, things tend to just kind of straighten up, even when there when there are uh, areas of waste and and a, a, like I said, duplicative, unnecessary expenses those seem to just go away when you know that, that folks are coming in and looking at them. I do think, however, changing of the guard at the top is an opportunity to really take a harder look at the operational aspects of the agency. At a minimum, it should put the public's mind at ease. That's the purpose of this. It's, so if if your argument is, well, they could be a whole lot more efficient, we could save a lot of money – in lieu of raising taxes. And I'm not advocating for raising taxes. I'm just saying that if that's the argument, and I've made that argument before. There's
2: one other thing that stands out in the full report, and that is a a statement made by the auditing agency that MDOT saved at least $4.5 million in the three years from 2016 to 2018 by going back and rebidding projects. Sure. and So that's... That's $4.5 million that they were trying to be more efficient with in a period before this even got audited. Well, I will say that – so this is
3: a deal – is that the procurement process in the state, I think, needs improvement. I've said that on the air many times, and I've advocated for it, and I've pushed for it for decades. I've pointed it out and met with governors and legislators and – supervisors and express my concerns about that. This is an area, I do think, where significant improvement and reduction of cost could be achieved in, in uh, improving and optimizing the procurement process. I'm not totally convinced that it is running optimally, and I'm not sure if that was within the, sc- the scope of this engagement. Because part of the issue is, the way that's operating, it's not uh, in contention with state law, it's in accordance with state law. I'm suggesting that I think state law should be evaluated, examined for possible change, especially when it comes to the big spending on items like this. It's much, much worse at the local and county levels, folks. It's time for a break right here on the JT show. We got Super Talk News, Fox News coming your way. We'll be back with much more. Stay with us.
0: to WFMN, Flora Jackson. Super Talk Mississippi. Powered by your tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros. Online at Barone'sTreePros.com.
21: Fox News. I'm Wu. More than one in three adults has gotten at least a dose of COVID vaccine, according to the head of the CDC, who warns there's potential for the epidemic curve to soar again in the U.S.
18: The most
15: recent seven-day average is about 57,000 cases per
18: day which is an increase of 7%.
21: That's Dr. Rochelle Walensky. Now nearly 500 people have been arrested for fraud connected to pandemic relief programs. The
16: Paycheck Protection Program, Unemployment Insurance, and the Economic Injury Disaster Loan Program. The Justice Department says the cases involved efforts to defraud the government and unsuspecting individuals of around $570 million. Fox Rachel Sutherland.
21: And novelist Larry McMurtry has died among some of his best-known works, Lonesome Dove, Terms of Endearment, and The Last Picture
9: be sure and check out the newly remodeled Basil's in Fondren, where you get simple food done well. And don't forget to drop by Basil's Fountain View at the Renaissance. Go to eatbasil's.com for online ordering for both locations. That's Basil's.
6: Ace Bolt Screw couple locally owned
9: and operated for over 50 years come by and check out our newly remodeled store we serve your
13: entire fastener safety equipment and tool needs we've got all the biggest brands of power tools and hand tools dewalt milwaukee makita channel lock Irwin, and lennox just to name a few let us help you get the job done right come see us at ace bolt and screw company jackson
6: tupelo atlanta and gluckstaff
18: I'm Kelly Bennett, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. Storms are likely to develop tonight and into tomorrow as a warm front lifts northward. Some have the potential to become severe, especially across North Mississippi tomorrow afternoon. Damaging winds and hail are the main concerns, but Mima says tornadoes can't be ruled out.
1: I'm so tired of the mainstream media coming on and saying the Senate will hold a hearing today on a bill to make it easier for Americans to vote. That's not. what S-1 is about. It's about making it easier for people to cheat.
18: Senator Roger Wicker pointed to a poll that shows there's widespread opposition to many of the provisions in the legislation, things like universal mail-in voting, remote ballot drop boxes, and efforts to prevent states from regularly cleaning up voter registration files. Every member of the Mississippi congressional delegation opposed H.R. 1 when it was considered, including Democratic Representative Benny Thompson.
16: Do you want that dream job? Do you need the right skills and credentials to get there? Did you know more than 2,000 students have taken advantage of the My Best program for free? Contact your local community college to learn more about the My Best program. Take charge of your life and make your dreams a reality by attending a Mississippi community college. I'm Dr. Andrea Mayfield, Executive Director of the Mississippi Community College Board.
10: Funding for this ad provided by the W.K. Kellogg
5: Foundation. There's not a lot that's free in life. I mean, it costs to bring you into this world, and when you leave it, and everything in between. Well, there is something free and valuable to your well-being, and that's for you to call 811 before you dig, pull stumps, erect a mailbox, dig a post, or start a garden.
13: Hello, I'm Sam Johnson from Mississippi 811.
9: Call 811 two days before you dig, and let's have zero damages. Zero injuries.
18: As the income tax debate continues in our state, former Trump advisor and economist Stephen Moore strongly endorses the move.
12: This would be fantastic
17: for Mississippi. It's like, you know what you're doing? You're taking a neon sign on the highways and you're saying Mississippi is open for business.
18: pretty unlikely this session, though, after the Senate passed a resolution aimed at studying the issue with a focus on the 2022 session. New details are emerging about the man accused of killing Hancock County Deputy Michael Boutet on February 1st. According to WLOX, it all began over allegations that Joseph Rohrbacher had molested younger family members. Before deputies arrived, he's said to have cut his dog's throat in the presence of children. Rohrbacher claims when deputies pulled up, he was shooting randomly and didn't intend to hit anyone, hoping to commit suicide by police when he couldn't do it himself. For more information, find us online at supertalk.fm I'm Kelly Bennett
9: Um. Yellow here with a special invitation to join us weekday mornings 6 to 9. Breaking news, quick shots, analysis, all right here on Super Talk Jackson 97.3. Who are,
0: Who, are Who are you? Welcome to Real Talk for Real Mississippians. Okay, let's begin. Welcome to the JT Show with Gerard Gibbert.
3: Everyone, the JT show, Super Talk, Mississippi. We thank you so much for joining us on this Friday, y'all. All right, so there's a great question from Mose here on the ceasefire Text Line uh, concerning the uh, situation with possible gas taxes, et cetera. And the question is: when the current gas tax was set, one, how much of the budget did it raise? Two, how much did a mile of road or an average bridge cost? When compared to last year, did the amount of money raised keep pace with the increased cost of roads and bridges? That comparison would clearly show how much, if any, increase in the gas tax we need. It's, it's the typical, I guess, justification, if you will, for proponents of a gas tax. The answers to those questions are, first, uh, let me take question two, the uh, composition of funding of the Department of Transportation has it, been pretty s- stable at that kind of 60-40 federal state. I, I think if you look back through the years, and I reviewed some of the fiscal, I should say the annual reports from the Department of Transportation, it's, it's fairly level in that respect. So not a big change there. Uh, I don't really know what the cost is of a road or a bridge or construction, et cetera. I have to assume that if you apply an inflationary index, that those costs have risen uh, since we last instituted the present fuel tax, which was, the representative said 89. 87 is the number that comes to my head, Rhino, when the, uh, the current level of fuel taxes was set. But it doesn't matter. It's 20-plus years ago. That's the main thing. Almost 30. So... Uh, that uh, more than thirty. Excuse me. So that's that's the the answer. July one eighty seven. Eighty seven. Okay. So I I did recall. No big deal. Um, I did recall that correct. Uh, correct. Um, then the other question is, you know, have revenues kept up with the costs? I think that's what the representative was, was suggesting, is that we're – what did he say? A bunch behind. I can't remember now. I've always heard $300 million a year. That's the number I think the DOT is always uh, kind of provided as the amount of additional funding they feel like is needed. And, I, and I'm not an expert on how to determine if that's the right or the wrong number. If that's too, too much, not enough. Uh, I don't know, but th- that's the number, that's the figure they've, they've typically provided that I've heard, especially when there was a really big push uh, under the Phil Bryan administration for an increase in fuel taxes. Are you seeing anything uh, di- different there? Yes. Yeah, so that's the number I heard. I, you know, so I guess it could stand to reason that, well, taxes, and by the way, taxes on fuel are excise taxes. So they're... They're levied on the gallon. They're not a percent of the, the amount purchased, like a sales tax is levied, as a percent of the total purchase. It's, it's what's known as an excise tax, which is more of a unit tax per gallon. And there's certainly – and I don't, ha- I don't have any information available, but it kind of stands to reason that with more fuel-efficient vehicles, I don't know. Are we consuming less gas? Less fuel. That's certainly one of the things that Representative Busby uh, suggested as a concern. And certainly the transition to EVs, electric vehicles. That's a concern as well. And that's a concern across the country, because virtually all states fund their road and bridge infrastructure through excise taxes at the pump. The exception is the state of Oregon, and I don't know if they've implemented it permanently and statewide, but they were transitioning to a by-the-mile tax, and I want to say there was some device you install in your vehicle that collects your mileage inside the state using GPS technology and transmits that and sends you a bill or something like that. I remember reading about it a couple of years ago, maybe it's less than that, a year or so ago. And and so lots of states are looking at that, adopting a similar model, because they're concerned with, well, we might not be pulling up to a pump anymore and buying fuel. And that's where all of our revenue comes from to support the uh, state-level similar departments of transportation. So it's a complicated matter for sure, and we'll see where... All that goes. Sheila from Hattiesburg says they don't fix what we have now, and and you know they and I hear you, Sheila, and their response is because we don't got no money. We don't. That's the whole point, is that they have limited funds to a- address the needs, and that's why they're at least. Not, and again, I'm not saying I'm for it. I don't know yet. I need more
2: information. According to the U.S. Energy Information Administration. Yeah. The average mile per gallon for a motor vehicle in 1987 was 15.1 miles to the gallon. Got to be higher than that now. Yeah, it's got to be. I
3: mean, I heck, I don't even know if you can buy. What do you buy now that's 15 miles to the gallon?
2: Yeah, the highest average in '87 was light-duty vehicles, short wheelbase, and that is getting 18 miles to the gallon. Okay, so that's an issue. And
3: again, we're just getting started with respect to transitioning away from, from traditional fuel-based, gasoline-based, diesel-based vehicles. In fact, you know, yesterday at, uh, at Joe Biden's presser, he was uh, asked a question, I believe, at the presser about when the federal government would totally ban use of gas, carbon, fuel-based vehicles. When is he going to do that? Pushing him on that. I don't know. All the manufacturers have already announced that they're they're migrating away from that. And they all have different uh, time points at which they will make that permanent. I I think Volvo is one that said within the next year or so, they're done. No more gas-powered vehicles. They're moving totally to EVs. Yeah, they expect to have it done by 2030. Volvo does? Yeah. Okay. Well, maybe it was a particular line of vehicles within their product line or something that they were – maybe it's this, Rhino, check this out, that um, they're moving not totally 100% EV, but in a, in a shorter time frame, at least to hybrid, that they're not going to make totally uh, in, uh, combustible fuel-based powered vehicles that they were eliminating those, transitioning out of that. You see anything about that? I, I seem to recall a report on that where they just said that they, they were not going to be making any just purely powered or, or vehicles purely powered by traditional uh, internal combustion engines. Something to that effect. I see you reading in there. But, so uh, yeah, They say hits this on the 601 C Spire text line. They steal more than they spend. Well, who steals more than they spend? You, do you not trust the state auditor? That Because that's the primary focus and function, by the way, of the state auditor, is to make sure that the accounts on a balance sheet of an agency represent fact and truth and can be substantiated. I don't know that there's stealing going on. You know, and even the auditor and his fantastic work, if you go look at the amount of money that he has recovered, it's, it's, in, it's a minor amount of money. It, uh, now, what you don't know is how much f- uh, fraud and theft is it deterring, because he means business, and he's showing people that he has the means and the wherewithal to, um, to uncover these uh, fraudulent activities. But, look, those are just standard part of audits. I mean, there's nothing special there. I think what it says more than anything is that that job wasn't being done properly prior that the department was deficient in its discharging its duties of just... I mean, it's plain old
2: audits. I can't find anything about a specific line, but I do keep seeing more about Volvo wants to be fully electric, the the first fully electric car company by 2030. Okay. They want to launch an all-electric car as soon as next year. They plan to sell electric cars online, all this other kind of stuff. Wow. But yeah,
3: Yeah just I, for some reason it's... um the idea sticks in my head that they had said at some point, sooner than that, they would just discontinue the production of totally gas-powered ve- vehicles. And, but it doesn't matter. It's ten years, uh, eight years, frankly, and far off, and every other manufacturer.
2: I mean, Ford expects to have 40% of their manufacturing be at least hybrid in the next five years.
3: That will have a material impact on revenues that are generated from fuel taxes, excise taxes. You're just not consuming as much fuel. It's, it's something that they're going to have to grapple with down there at the Capitol. And I know they're thinking about it because I asked that question at a Madison County Business League and Foundation uh, panel discussion we had just two days ago, of which Representative Busby was a member of the panel, as well as Commissioner uh, Willie Simmons. We'll come right back after a break.
6: Hi, this is Dale Danks with Danks, Miller & Corey. With more than 100 years of combined experience, we have the expertise to handle even the most complicated matters. When you need a lawyer to fight for you, don't compromise. Contact us online at
4: DanksMillerCorey.com.
1: Gold prices are approaching all-time highs, so if you're considering selling your gold or unwanted jewelry, now is the time. This is Newt Starnes, owner of DNS Diamonds & Jewelry in Flowood, inviting you to get our price before you sell your gold. Whether it's broken, out of style, or just unwanted jewelry or gold coins, this is the best time to sell. DNS Diamonds & Jewelry. Simply put, we pay more for your gold and diamonds. DNS Diamonds & Jewelry, 144 Market Street, across from Amerigo in
16: Flowood. Hop on in to Nandy's Candy for all your Easter treats personalized eggs, caramel divinity, peanut butter and chocolate whip eggs, chocolate bunnies and ducks, hand blown eggs filled with chocolate, sugar eggs, stuffed animals, jelly bellies, foil wrapped bunnies and eggs, sour bunnies, bunny corn, empty or pre made baskets, and so much more. Nandy's Candy, 1220 East North Side Drive in Maywood Mart. Exactly where the Easter Bunny shops. Shop online at Nandy'sCandy.com for in store pickup or shipping. To Good Things with Me, Rebecca Turner. It's Mississippi's Radio Happy Hour, weekdays from 2 to 3 p.m., right here on Super Talk Jackson 97.3.
0: You're hearing The JT Show with Gerard Gibbert. Now, here's more on Super Talk Mississippi.
3: Welcome back. The JT Show continues. Little Beatles bumping us in here. Rusty from Greenville says, no, 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 hell no, I'm not installing anything in my car that tracks anything. Oh, yeah, first it's just to make sure you pay your fair share, but then sooner or later you'll start getting tickets where the system showed you were speeding. Then law enforcement officers will start showing up to question you because the system showed you were in the vicinity of a crime. Make no mistake, the system will be abused if it's ever implemented. Rusty, I hate to tell you, man, but the, the electronic capture through what's called license plate recognition, LPR, to send you a ticket if you run a stop sign, a red light, or speed, that's already in place. That's been in place for years, uh, I'm not sure to the extent it is implemented in the state of Mississippi. I
2: it's know it's not; it. it's illegal.
3: Okay, I know it is in Memphis because I got a ticket for uh, that, that sent me one. Said I was under a red light when it was turning red. I thought it was yellow, but I got one in the mail. But I, okay, it's illegal in Mississippi. It's it's legal in a bunch of states.
2: Oh, it's become a grift in Florida. You have private companies that set up cameras and will send you a ticket that have no bearing in anything legal. Well, there you go. And, just and, scamming you out of your money.
3: And while I certainly understand, and I'm not crazy about something being installed in my vehicle either uh, that would track your mileage. I don't like that either. That's a little too big brother for me. Here's what I think is going to happen. You won't be able to buy a vehicle that doesn't have such technology installed in it. They just won't be available. And at some point, if your vehicle doesn't have that capability, you won't be able to drive it. That's just a theory I have at the rate it's going. Uh, so it, the other thing is license plate recognition, LPR technology, that's been around for a while. I mean, we, we have that. That does exist in Mississippi. Maybe not the automatic generation of, of tickets like no. that, but. A law enforcement vehicle, a cruiser, driving through a parking lot with LPR technology, I've sold it. That's how I know. My company implemented some of that and uh, a lot of that. Uh, we were the first to implement the onboard laptops, you see, that use a special network to communicate uh, in law enforcement in the state of Mississippi. The old Panasonic eyes, they were like 12000 bucks for those laptops, and we had custom Uh, mounts and the whole bit. But anyhow, the LPR was part of that, and they've got scanners. They go through a parking lot, and they're scanning the license plates, and they can tell immediately if there's somebody in a vehicle that's got warrants out for them or something to that effect that would be useful to law enforcement. i I tell you what concerns me with respect to funding anything in the state of Mississippi. We're losing population. We are losing population. And in the 2020 census, it wasn't by a lot. But there are four or five states that had a, a, a negative, a loss of population. We're one of them. And our neighboring states, they're not experiencing the same. Now, over the last year, Louisiana, like us, also lost slight loss of population. Alabama, Arkansas, fairly level. Georgia, Tennessee, South North Carolina, Florida, Texas – those states around us all gained. I would just be curious, why are we losing population? Why don't people want to move here? Why are they moving out? I wonder if we've ever stopped as a government. Have we ever asked residents to move out? Hey, why'd you move out? They don't have to answer. I think it'd just be worth perhaps commissioning a survey. Why are you leaving? And those that Move to other states. Did you think about moving here? If not, why not? Why is Texas getting all of them? Why Florida? Why so many people moving there? Not here. But that's our economic base for everything. That's a concern. Yeah, so Rusty just says, if it's true that's something they set up on the side of the road, it's not something I was required to install in my vehicle. I I hear you. And then he says, oh, car covers defeat plate scanners. It's a cat-and-mouse game, but I can tell you, if you've got something that's interfering there, you're breaking the law. Um, So, yeah, that's different. That um, Having something installed. I'm simply making the point that I, I would not be surprised if we don't see Just like all the emissions controls. A lot of people didn't want those either. And you remember the early days they'd put those on there? Catalytic converters and people would go take them off, which I believe is against federal law at the time. But you couldn't buy a vehicle without them. That's what's going to happen with this. It's coming. I just believe it's coming. That's all I'm saying. Just be ready for it. State and city leaders don't care to create metro areas that attract young college grads. That on the C Spire text line. I think the question is, what do they do? What specifically do they do that would uh, attract people? How are you breaking the law? It's A third-party company that's handling the fines and implementation. I think anything that would interfere with recognition of your license plate. I don't know that for sure. I just bet that's the case. If it's not it's coming. You're giving them ideas there, Thomas and Greenwood. I've never really, in in my work with LPR technology, I don't remember that coming up. But I can tell you this: if they're LPR and and they detect that something is interfering with the recognition, they're going to be suspicious. If you're in law enforcement, like why are you trying to do that? I don't know. Uh, it's like putting a spam call blocker on your phone. No, I don't agree with that, from Thomas in, in Greenwood. No, it's not. The government will force you to buy EVs by placing a carbon tax on internal combustion engines. That's exorbitant. No, that, that's not the issue. The issue is nobody's going to make them. That, we just got through reading, and, and, Rhino, in your research, and I've done this before, too, with respect to Volvo. I just remember them because I want to say it was a couple of years ago. They, they went ahead and started prepping the market. We're doing this.
2: We're moving away. But aren't God, they Swedish? I mean, it makes yeah. sense. They're Scandinavian. Yeah, exa- oh, exactly. They're going to be as progressive as possible but the, not actually do anything.
3: They're climate change woke. <laughs> so, but is there a manufacturer that you could cite on the planet that has not announced an all-out conversion to electric vehicles?
2: No, I was scrolling through a list of proposed vehicles in the next five years that'll be electric or hybrid, and there were brands I'd never even heard of.
3: So it ain't got nothing to do with the government. Like there's that's a the
2: supercar made by a company called Owl that's going to be fully electric, and they <laughs> expect it to go 300 miles an hour.
3: Well, and Apple, right? They're coming out with one. I think partnering, or at least it was, they were thought at one time to be partnering with Hyundai. So a lot of
2: people, of course, think about Tesla because they were kind of one of the mainstream makers. And Tesla will probably make a killing if they start licensing their batteries.
3: Yeah. This on the ceasefire text tax line, my wife lost her job in learning and development corporate training at the end of January. There have been five jobs in that field open in two months. Where are the jobs? I, I, there are plenty of jobs. The issue is, even in Mississippi, the, the issue, of course, always is the imbalance and the void between skill sets of people. And their their particular expertise, and jobs that are available that are in demand. That's the problem. And I would just say that that we're not we're not expanding our economy enough to attract residents from other states into Mississippi. Clearly, because we're one of the four or five states that losing population. Let's see. Um, Rhett in Richland. I moved to Mississippi from California because of a girl, but I found out I found it to be the best environment to start my own business. I couldn't be happier with the pro-business environment in Mississippi, and especially my city and county. Appreciate that, Rhett. Uh, agree. I I built a company here as well, and uh, fairly confident I could have started it outside of my home state of Mississippi and built it way bigger and and uh, monetized it long before I did what I built here but I, I wanted to do it in Mississippi and I love living here and, and thought it to be a great place
2: to raise a family Also on the ceasefire text line, Ricky Davis makes the point Yep Best way to attract new residents and businesses in Mississippi is get rid of the state income tax, period
3: Couldn't agree more, which is why I've been
2: promoting it, maybe that has something to do
3: with Texas and Florida attracting so many residents Tennessee Couldn't agree more typical government response. Instead of trying to figure out why we're losing population, let's raise taxes on those not smart enough to leave. We're trying to lower taxes. That's what Rhino just said. We're trying to lower taxes. We're all we're all in about that. So I'm not sure where we're getting that idea from. By the way, I think we have the lowest price per gallon in the country, if I'm not mistaken, with respect to fuel. We're we're near the bottom, so obviously people aren't pouring into Mississippi because of cheap gas. Hell, they're still willing to pay four bucks a gallon or more out in California. People will pay a lot for sunshine. I've come to that conclusion. We got a break right here. Stay with us. We'll be right back.
9: This is JT. If you like me, you like to deal with local people. Majestic Metals was founded in Mississippi in 1954, and they're headquartered in Gluckstadt. For complete metal building systems and steel roofing and siding, call the hometown folks. 1-800-647-8540 or on the web, MajesticMetalsInc.com.
5: Hello, I'm Gary Jolly from the tractor store in Richland. Now's the best time of the year to say more with Mahindra, and it all starts with zero. Pay zero down and zero percent interest up to 60 months. That's more for less on many of Mahindra's best-selling models with tractors that deliver more lift capacity fuel efficiency and built-in weight so get zero down zero percent interest for up to 60 months on Mahindra the world's number one selling tractor Mahindra available at the tractor store in Richland
15: turning 65 or new to medicare get a zero dollar premium medicare plan zero zip silch Humana can help making getting care more affordable with our $0 premium plans. You'll enjoy all the benefits you've come to expect and more. Your dollar already has enough to do. Helping you with the budget is only right. To learn more, call 601 to speak to your local Humana sales agent.
8: Napa Know how- the only thing that may be faster than Napa driver Chase Elliott is the free Napa Racing Chase Elliott caps. Get one free at a participating Napa Auto Parts store when you spend $25 or more. Score a free 28-cam backpack cooler with the purchase of 5 quarts of Mobile One motor oil. Napa has Mobile One high mileage truck and SUV and full synthetic on sale for $26.99 for a 5-quart jump. Sale price good through March 31st and supplies of Chase Elliott caps are limited. Napa
0: Know How
9: Make a donation and help change your life today.
19: Be sure to tune in every Saturday morning from 10 until noon for the Handyman Show, brought to you locally in part by Mid-South Crawlspace Solutions, protecting your home
11: from structural damage, cracks, humidity, mold and more. That's Mid-South Crawlspace Solutions of Mississippi.
18: I'm Kelly Bennett, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. Storms are likely to develop tonight and into tomorrow as a warm front lifts northward. Some have the potential to become severe, especially across North Mississippi tomorrow afternoon. Damaging winds and hail are the main concerns, but Mima says tornadoes can't be ruled out.
1: I'm so tired of the mainstream media coming on and saying the Senate will hold a hearing today on a bill to make it easier for Americans to vote. That's not not what S1 is about. It's about making it easier for people to cheat.
18: Senator Roger Wicker pointed to a poll that shows there's widespread opposition to many of the provisions in the legislation, things like universal mail-in voting, remote ballot drop boxes, and efforts to prevent states from regularly cleaning up voter registration files. Every member of the Mississippi congressional delegation opposed HR1 when it was considered, including Democratic representative Benny Thompson.
21: Twilight concerts at Renaissance are back live Saturday, April 24th, starring the Almond Bets Band. With G Love and Special Sauce. Cooling out, coolin out with the the this is, my Taz Niederauer Hour, Cedric Burnside, The Vamps, and more. It's a full day of music. Presented by Wicked Wheat Brewery for this socially distanced concert. <laughs> Carefully. Tickets are on sale now at ardenland.net. Twilight Concerts at Renaissance are here. From Nukes Eatery, Renaissance at Colony Park and First Commercial Bank. Tickets are on sale now. Produced by Ratchet Entertainment Group and Ardenland.
0: Show with Gerard Gibbert on Super Talk Mississippi, the Super Talk App, and at Supertalk.fm. Those crazy.
3: Welcome back, everyone. The JT Show, Super Talk Mississippi. Thanks so much for joining the conversation today. 601 879 4395. That would be the ceasefire text line. Terry says, with all these electrical cars, where is this power coming from? Electricity has to be made. That's Terry Babachit is right. And there's lots of debate on that, clearly. And that is uh, an issue. But it is clear that the power industry is transitioning away from fossil fuels rapidly. I have a theory that by 2026, we won't have any coal fired power plants in this country. I think it's happening. I think it's happening that fast. You're already seeing. Unless we embrace
2: nuclear, I don't see how we could. Well, and, and because the green energy supply is not um, efficient
3: enough, I know. Not, that's right. They don't, and we are crazy not to embrace nuclear in this country. In my opinion, it, it, I may be early, but it's it's not long that we won't be uh, powering our or fueling our power plants with coal. And so it's a, it's a legitimate issue there, Terry. Uh, there's all sorts of technology behind the scenes being developed. One I saw not too long ago, I read about, are sensors that are installed in roadbed that derive their power, harvest power from the RF signal from uh, mobile networks, wireless networks, and, and harness that power and then transmit it to vehicles as they cross over the road. Now that's a, a a long process to implement, but you know if you start in the the more densely populated areas, the the higher traveled roads, you can get a lot done there. And there's unbelievable development of battery technology as well. So the, these are technical problems that could be addressed. And remember, a whole heck of a lot can happen, as Rhino said, Volvo among others, are saying they're going to completely transition away from uh, fossil fuel-powered vehicles to electric vehicles.
2: And it's not just the the European companies like Saab and (laughs) Volvo and and all that. It's Ford and GMC.
3: Yeah, it's it's the mainstream uh, Detroit-type companies that are doing this. So... These are just technical matters that I think will get resolved. It's certainly a concern today. I'm totally on board and agree with that. I'm not in alignment with the progressives, the AOCs, that just say, yeah, we just do that today. No, that's bull. And I think it probably would produce more carbon footprint using today's technology Uh, than if we we just completely ripped out every uh, internal combustion engine-powered vehicle so, I don't know. Where is that coming? Uh, uh, from 662 C Spire text line, Buckeye Steve, do we really want liberals moving here? I made the comment that we're losing population. It, it is disturbing to me, because I think we have a great place to live, to work, to start a business, as Rhett and Ridgeland said. I'm on board with that. Totally agree. I think we get a bad rap outside of the state. I think there's, there are misconceptions about our great state. And, but there's a concern that, well, do we want all these liberals moving in here? You know, the liberals don't want to move here. I don't think they will. There are plenty of conservatives in these other states, enough certainly to move our population needle and make it a better place. And I think the reason they don't want to come here is because of our culture, and especially our, uh, the underpinnings of our culture being based in, in faith. We're, we're uh, we church and religion and faith are a big part of Mississippi's landscape and Mississippi's culture. It's a good thing. That is often at odds with the more woke liberals, and we talked about that the last couple of days. Now, there's such a thing they're, they're they're terming as re- religious privilege. You saw Oral Roberts for an example. They're getting lambasted. They're in the sweet sixteen. And there are fools out there calling for the NCAA to disallow them to participate in postseason play because of their religious convictions and, and their religious foundation. That's insane. That's disturbing. So I don't really think that, that they seek to move here. Uh, I just don't. I do think there are plenty of conservatives that we could attract. If we made some changes, such as eliminating our income tax, and if we really put together a top-notch marketing team and marketing plan and strategic plan to start telling our story and, and really poking our chest out about the greatness and the goodness of this state and living here, uh, I think that it would resonate if we could do that. And, and somebody wrote in... I'm looking for it. That uh, you may be able to find it here, Rhino. Somebody wrote in about just the misconceptions out there about our uh, what it's like here in Mississippi, and and those are uh, they they say that they're they feel like that those are just maybe lies. And yeah, here we go. Uh, it's Jeff in Grenada. He says perception is reality. It certainly is in the sales business, Jeff. That's one thing we we indoctrinate all of our sales team with. Uh, The media surveys, we're the fattest, laziest, and drunkest. The most crime, most heart disease, etc. It doesn't matter if it's accurate or not. This is what people hear. I agree. Now, unfortunately, all that's true, that we are the least healthy state. I don't know about crime. I don't know about the drunkest. I don't think I've ever heard any... That's usually Louisiana. That. Yeah, I think I think they are. And we in Louisiana, New Mexico, West Virginia, we're all kind of but I
2: but we do How have, could you call us the drunkest when you can buy liquor in the gas station in Louisiana? That's
3: true. That's very true. In the, in the um the drug stores, the old Cats and offs in New Orleans, hell, they had longer aisles in the wine and liquor selection than they did the remedies <laughs> for your ailments. But Nonetheless, even though a lot of that is true, we certainly there's there's no there's no uh, discussion about the fact that or refuting the fact that we have the lowest per capita income, we have the lowest household income. All of that's absolutely true. Uh, We we have the uh, the highest federal Medicaid match because of the huge number of of Mississippians that are enrolled in Medicaid, all those are the negative things. But there's so many good things to promote. But it is true. The media runs with the negative. We're the butt of jokes and mockery amongst the media. And we've got to push back on that. We've got to challenge that.
2: We've got to counter that. I totally agree. Scott in Louisville in the C Spire text line brings up a good point that none of the loony left seem to ever really talk about when it pertains to electric vehicles and batteries. What do you do with all the old batteries and the heavy metals used to produce them? Yeah. I mean, that's one of the arguments against nuclear. How do we store the wasted fuel, the spent fuel? Absolutely true. What do you do with batteries that are in every freaking car? At least the spent fuel is coming from a small group of nuclear power plants. you got batteries in every car. What are you going to do with the old ones? Absolutely true. All those are legitimate concerns that can be addressed. I just,
3: I have confidence. Gosh, what did we talk about not lo- too long ago during the ice storm? Nuclear reactors that are as big as a refrigerator now are being built. I think even Elon Musk is involved in some of that development.
2: Yeah, the, the current work right now on the fourth generation of nuclear power plants is a modular technology, which would allow for. An expansion or a retraction in the the usage, and it would it's all based on small, easy to transport. I mean, they're talking about building a, a, a the capabilities of building a nuclear power plant that could fit on an eighteen wheeler. Unbelievable! That you could then drive to a, a crisis zone and provide power that would last for ten years without refueling. And you know
3: the one thing that would get in the way of the development of all this novel useful innovative technology. Government red tape. Just stupid government. No question about it. And the useful idiots. The useful idiots. Well somebody might get rich making that stuff. You know that solves like problems for billions of people. Ridiculous.
2: I would argue they have every right to get rich because to start a nuclear power plant it costs about six billion dollars and you're not (laughs) making any money until about the 15th or 16th year.
3: Oh, that delayed gratification, that's racist, you know
2: that. Come on, man, you can't do that. But once you start making money on it, you're making money hand over fist compared to coal power plants.
3: Exactly, exactly. Mississippi, on the ceasefire tax line, is one of the most charitable states in the country. I agree, that's the types of things we need to be promoting. And because our food is so damn good, I agree. All of those things are are, are positives. We traded in the best food for worst health. That's party pooper there on the ceasefire <laughs> <our> Text line. <laughs> oh man. Oh gosh. Uh, we got a little break right here. We'll come back. Final segment on this Friday. Stay with us.
9: Find new roads.
21: I'm Liz Brister with Entergy. Extreme weather can cause extreme power demands and increased bills. Here are some tips to save energy and money. Set your thermostat to 68 in the winter and 78 in the summer. Open curtains to help you warm your home with free sunlight on cold days. Close them during hot days to keep things a little cooler. We want to help you lower your usage and your bill. Get more money-saving tips at entergy.com slash efficiency.
7: Morgan Stone has been serving builders, contractors, and homeowners since 1997. They have everything for interior and exterior projects.
2: We have all kinds of stuff.
7: Marcus, let me tell them. Stone pavers, stone benches, stone slabs, stone boulders, stone fire pits, flagstone, fieldstone, bluestone, cobblestone, chopstone.
4: That's right, Zeta.
7: I'm Zoe Morgan, we're rock solid since 1997, statewide delivery, the largest stone yard in Mississippi. Come see us at Morgan Stone in Brandon, morganstone.com.
0: Napa know How.
8: The only thing that may be faster than Napa driver Chase Elliott is the free Napa Racing Chase Elliott Caps. Get one free at a participating Napa Auto Parts store when you spend $25 or more score a free 28 cam backpack cooler with the purchase of five quarts of mobile one motor oil napa has mobile one high mileage truck and suv and full synthetic on sale for $26.99 for a five quart junk. sale price good through march 31st and supplies of chase la caps are limited
15: napa are you turning 65 humana can provide answers to your medicare questions including what are my medicare plan options which medicare plan is right for me And how do I choose a Medicare plan? Listening, learning, and providing whole health support that meets you where you are. That's what we call human care. To learn more, call 601-605-5130 to speak to your local Humana sales agent.
21: If you're an employer and need workers fast, be a part of the Million Dollar Job Fair in Biloxi, April 14th at Edgewater Mall. This is the most heavily promoted job fair of its kind, with limited space still available. If you need workers, email jobfair at supertalk.fm. That's jobfair at supertalk.fm. Join other premier businesses who are already registered. The Million Dollar Job Fair is coming April 14th to Biloxi. So don't wait as available space is limited at jobfair at
2: supertalk.fm
9: be sure to catch sports talk mississippi your new home for the best sports coverage right here in the magnolia state every day from three until six right here on super talk
0: jackson 97.3 the jt show with gerard gibbert on super talk mississippi
3: The J.T. Show returns. Brian and Madison, I just got a notification. South Dakota governor signed bills to protect Second Amendment gun rights. How come Mississippi is working on similar bills with gun control in the spotlight? I received that same notification, Brian. I don't know the answer to that. When we have someone, again, from state government, we'll ask them. I, I think all this really just got a lot of traction I would think because uh, in the wake of the mass shootings that occurred but over we do the last have that. couple of weeks.
2: Okay, we do. Remember House Concurrent Resolution 23 declaring the state of Mississippi to be a Bill of Rights Sanctuary that State? That
3: includes the Second yeah, Amendment. Yeah, it's
2: not just the Second Amendment. It's all the Bill of Rights.
3: And that just happened.
2: Oh, yeah. That, uh, Representative
3: that Steve Hopkins.
2: Passed out of committee three days ago. Right.
3: Uh, Representative Steve Hopkins. So are, are still up friend. on there. Yeah, so Thomas and Greenwood says, yes, we already have that. So there's your answer, Brian. Sorry, I, I didn't know that off the top of my head. I'm not sure, honestly, exactly what that means, uh, because it, are we destined for a conflict as a state with the federal government? And those are usually sorted out in court. I don't know. It, it's, um, But it is a concern. I think it, what it illustrates is that the federal government's getting out of their swim lane... And obviously, duh, and going too far here. And it is a concern.
2: And and we had another concern earlier about the Ninth Circuit Court decision banning open carry and concealed carry out in California. And I'm sure the folks in Alaska think that's just hilarious. Yeah. But what that does is it now lies in direct conflict with another circuit's decision, which means it goes straight to the U.S. Supreme Court, and that was settled law when the Supreme Court was liberal. Now it's supposedly conservative, so I don't see that going anywhere from the Ninth Circuit. Yep. I agree.
3: Stanley Lafayette, excuse me, be Lafayette, Louisiana, we're talking about in Louisiana here. There are 300 million gun owners in the United States with probably trillions of ammunition. If we were the problem, I think they would know it. I agree. This is a solution looking for a problem. It's not even a solution. It and you is, notice uh,
2: the gun control debate is kind of sputtering after the Colorado shooting, after all of the pundits and all the liberals and everybody that was just chomping at the bit, hoping it was a deranged white man. Yep. My friend Melanie
3: Sojourner, the senator from down there in Southwest Mississippi, just texted me. Says I authored this year a bill SB two five six four, which would stop the actions Biden is pushing for uh, from being Enforceable in Mississippi, a lot of the executive orders and so forth, I believe the senator is referring to. It was killed in the Senate committee. Senator Chris McDaniel had a similar bill. Yeah, so I would be curious to know why it was killed. I, I really would like for some legal expertise on what that really means. I, I get confused on how a state can have a law that conflicts with the federal government and what happens if that. Well, all through the Trump administration,
2: up. you had Democrat states just clamoring for states' rights. So,
3: Yeah. Uh, well, remember the Sanctuary City uh, debacle. That was, the, uh, that was their whole argument. That was their whole argument and the conflict there. But now it's different, right, When them in charge. So it's a big problem.
2: Now the filibuster's a problem, even though they did it all 250 times last year.
3: Yeah, exactly. And like I said, I, I swear I think Kamala was uh, one of the – I know she invoked – so did Senator uh, what'd you call her? Liawatha?
2: Liawatha, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she had a bit of a back and forth with Amazon News over Twitter yesterday, and it's just embarrassing. Tell for us her. about
3: that before we get out of here.
2: So she added on Twitter Amazon talking about how they exploit loopholes and tax havens, and they responded to her You make the laws, Senator Warren. We just follow them. If you don't like the laws you've created, by all means, change them. And her response, in her typical snarky, saccharine attitude, I didn't write the loopholes you exploit, Amazon. Your armies of lawyers and lobbyists did. I'm fighting to break up big tech so you're not powerful enough to heckle senators with snotty tweets. (laughs) So not only does she not like the Second Amendment, she doesn't like the First Amendment, and she can't handle it. You know, I'm going to say, if you can't stand the heat... From the same woman that thanked her husband for coming to her house for a live stream. <laughs> Where they had a
3: beer. Remember that? That was so goofy. Fake, fake, fake. <laughs> oh, She just lives in a fantasy world like that. She thrives on it.
2: Because nobody will call her crap. That's That's right.
3: She's an idiot. And once again, you know, she's pushing for this wealth tax. Once again... Yesterday, went through a whole day without talking about taxes, I think. Uh, uh, Once again, she's pushing for it. And again, yesterday, President Biden said, we've got to reward work, not wealth. Because don't you know, everybody that achieved wealth, they just woke up with it one day. They didn't work. What a fool. Sick of that. And Bernie Sanders He wants to tax your state like you can't believe. We're going to touch on that next week. Folks, thanks so much for tuning in today. Really appreciate it. Stay safe. Have a great weekend. We'll be back with you Monday. Signing off now. God bless.